This is a very insightful episode on Web3 and NFTs. If you are an artist, collector, a web developer, or just a newbie who wants to join in, this is a very important episode for you. Nick Kalyani, the founder of Decentology, is a leader and visionary in the Web3 community. As a bonus, you'll also hear wisdom on entrepreneurship and know more about the personal journey of this serial entrepreneur who is currently in his fifth startup. This episode was originally recorded as a Twitter space, so the conversation is very fluid and you'll also be hearing voices and thoughts of other participants. Enjoy the show. Hi, you are listening to Rocklaz Radio. A podcast discussing inspiring personalities and interesting things. This is your host, Tanmay Shah. Tanmay is an India-based NFT artist and an entrepreneur with diverse business experience. This podcast is self-sponsored. The best way to support this show is to buy his art, NFTs. You can also become his patron. Kindly share this episode on socials and with your friends. Let me just announce what all things Nick is doing for us. His NFT Dreams DAO is coming up to support all artists and collectors. Then he's building a Hyperverse. It's all uh, open source, um, <laughs> open source platform for Web3, which you can use tools to uh, new Web3 apps and make it more streamlined and easy. And that's so amazing. And yeah. uh, the third, yes, absolutely. It was an amazing time in Bangalore with NF, Namaste NFT. And uh, it was all title sponsor, silver, gold, everything was sponsored by Nick and uh, uh, his company and it was so awesome to see him and he was collecting <laughs> NFTs right and left and doing airdrops of t-shirts throwing it was crazy fun dancing and all the seminars I don't have a tech background I'm not a developer but I still was curious about a hyperverse and things that he's doing for the developers and I got to sneak into that workshop and it was really amazing uh, what he's doing I'm very keen on uh, knowing about his startups, his experiences with uh, two startups, he, which he failed and two startups which he got exit from. And now is in the fifth startup. We are blessed with Nick in the space today. So uh, Nick, uh, about the third year initiative, which I was talking in the beginning, third initiative is Try Crypto. Uh, that is initiative of all, there's an all women team and they are onboarding um, new bees to Web3 and crypto with new products, simplified products. And I was so surprised, pleasantly surprised to see them using um, that experimental ETH to onboard and actually do these transactions in the live workshop to give people an experience of that. So all these three things got me excited about the future. So Nick, thank you once again. And uh, yeah, let's hear it you. from you. Yeah. Like with with Try Crypto, or like one of the things you know, uh, I, I created the organization, but it's all all intended to grow to about ten thousand women in 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 the space, and we see lots of websites where people can read about how to do stuff. Uh, they can watch videos or they can listen to podcasts, etc., on how to do stuff. But 
it's just like riding a bicycle, you know, like you've got to actually do it <laughs> and then you get a feel for it, you know? So uh, what, what uh, the TriCrypto team is doing is basically creating a website, uh, which uh, consists of journeys. So you go there and you say that I would like to do X and that could be, I would like to be in DeFi. I would like to be in game. GameFi, I just want to understand what the heck crypto is about. I want to mint an NFT, et cetera. And so you choose your journey, and then it's going to walk you step by step through actually doing it there. And the first thing is we wanted to start by educating people about crypto because everyone has, you know, at, at least like right now, a bunch of people have MetaMask, et cetera, but they literally have no idea what they're doing when they click on that blue button that says, you know, sign or whatever. Like that's opaque. Like, People might intuitively understand that they're creating a transaction, but the inner workings of it are completely opaque. And we want to make sure that people understand what is a private key, uh, how is an account derived from a private key, how does what does signing actually do, what is hashing, all those things. We want to explain in like super clear, super plain English, and actually have you do it because when you do it uh, and you see the results on etherscan the explorer you can connect the dots you know once you start connecting the dots you become much smarter and you become less vulnerable to hacks and things like that like right now a lot of people who you know say on twitter my metamask got hacked uh you know that that's not actually true right uh, like what happened was they clicked on the link and the metamask is just fine it didn't get hacked they leaked their private key somehow so like those kind of things, we want to educate people on that. So the TriCrypto team is going to create all these uh, journeys. And then later, and la later on, we are going to do a drop uh, honoring um, the greatest women in cryptography. Because, you know, like we hear about all the, the men who have done stuff in crypto, but we don't that, uh, you know, some of the greatest innovations in crypto have actually come from women. And so we're going to do a drop called Crypto Queens on uh, those those amazing women, including Ada Lovelace, Elizabeth Friedman. Uh, Elizabeth Friedman in particular, uh, if it wasn't for her uh, right now, we would all be in the U.S. at least speaking German. So, you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, things like that. Wow, I'm so I'm getting goosebumps listening to that. All the creatives. So, women in the space, if you want to join hands with TriCrypto and join the organization in all the things that Nick just explained, do hit him up. TriCrypto has their own handle. Let me find and pin it on top so you can join there. Uh, Nick, could you also tell us a bit about the uh, uh, NFT Dream DAO? Uh, sure, yeah. So, uh, at uh, Namaste NFT, I announced the launch of the sort of uh, Nifty Dreams DAO. And the mission of the DAO is to enable artists worldwide to actually earn a living through their art and not have to look at art as a secondary thing they have to do uh, while doing some boring ass job uh, to, to pay the bills. You know, uh, we want artists to be able to hold their heads up high and not have to come to people, you know, telling them, oh, your art is worthless, et cetera. We, we, our art is perfectly valid profession. It is, in fact, a great profession. And we want uh, people to, to recognize that and uh, also fix, fix the problems in this now. Like, all of us know 
intuitively or 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 otherwise that we are seeing a huge renaissance right now uh like none other in art and this renaissance has been renaissance has been triggered by the fact that we have a decentralized mechanism uh the blockchain and on it this technology called non-fungible tokens nfts that make it possible for for artists to publish their art but really what we've been doing so far because it's just a, sort of the very beginning is we've been scratching the surface and i would say going about it in a slightly uh, haphazard and perhaps even the wrong way uh, where artists just sort of publish their art and then uh, hope to get a sale and that doesn't happen because artists are marketers artists don't know anything about say well i i most artists i shouldn't say all artists but most artists are happy and content to be creating art they don't want to be marketing they don't want to be selling they don't want to be identifying their audience they don't want to be doing analytics of marketplaces to understand you know what keywords are important and what categories are important they don't want to look at what kind of pricing mechanics uh, are, are should be implemented they don't know what promotion should be created all of this you know just completely an alien territory to most artists and we want to fix that so uh, with nifty dreams the idea is to aggregate is to to work together to get every artist in the world uh, collaborating together uh, to make this nft space that we are in exciting and accessible and available to mainstream users see what's happening right now is that there's a small number of collectors almost a a trivially small number of collectors um, who are buying stuff and then artists are buying each other's stuff this is a ginormous echo chamber like there's there's nothing happening here there is no new value being being created uh the value unlock is going to happen when millions and millions of mainstream users start understanding and appreciating art and uh, nfts and get disabused of the notion that these are just jpegs that requires education that requires the the user experience of acquiring nfts to be like trivially simple it is horrendous right now it, it, it is just not possible for mainstream users to to get into it so it requires that and it requires targeted marketing it requires professional marketers to employ all the skills we have learned in the past 20 years of the uh and apply them to target and uh, it also requires professional curators take this art and organize it into collections etc so all of this is the stuff that that uh uh the nifty dreams dow is is going to do a, a few few days ago i posted a uh a sneak peek at sort of the the top uh, things that like uh, the top mission uh of of the dow and i'm just trying to look it up right now i'll find that tweet somewhere uh but uh if i don't find it right now i will i will look it up a little later and and pin it but the idea is that the dow is going to be collaborating with professional museums galleries etc and organizing large scale events that are crossover you know from analog art to digital art uh we are going to create a token the nifty token and that token is the single binding force for all artists worldwide instead of everyone thinking for themselves we want everyone to think collectively so that the rising tide lifts all boats and Uh, we are also going to implement within the dao uh, some defi so that artists can actually start getting wealthy uh we we want to for example implement a staking pool where a portion of the sales from every art artist goes into a pool 
And then as you stake your tokens, your tokens accrue value so that at some point you can withdraw them and have a large large amount of cash to take away. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of dynamics at, at play here, but we'll start small by and, and organizing the DAO into uh, and, and going to uh, advertise or announce rather all the positions that we will have. So the DAO is going to be organized into various guilds uh, within the guilds. Like there might be a marketing guild, an events guild, there might be a curation guild, etc. So there's a role for everybody to play in this, and together we will change the world. Wow, incredible! I have pinned a couple of tweets of uh, Nifty Draw and ah, yeah, other. That's great. Yeah, awesome. So uh, I'm totally excited for this. Nick, how can we uh, support this and participate um, and bring your dream come true as soon as possible? Yeah, well, uh, um, that ask is coming uh, to me very, very shortly. Like right now, we're in the process of working with a, with a small team to lay the groundwork uh, for season zero and get this document written up. Then we will publish it for feedback early. And then we'll start uh, acting up upon it, you know. So there's going to be an ask for people to volunteer very, very soon. And you can see, like, uh, of the six things mentioned there in the in the tweet, you know, there's a lot of room for everybody to contribute in in some way or form. Uh, for, for for me, you know, when we are all working together, we are all uh, pulling in the same direction. I think we can we can move mountains. And one of those mountains I want to move is as quickly as possible. Uh, have the DAO uh, actually buy, start buying museums and galleries so that we can affect change from the inside out. <clears throat> wow, that is that is an enormous dream and I'm sure uh, we are going to be successful in it. I'm, I'm stumbling, I'm, I'm stuttering talking about this. It is so huge and exciting. People who do, don't know Nick, oh, I'm sure there's very few of them uh, do follow him. He has already collected two over two thousand NFTs. What do you call two thousand NFTs? So uh, do check that out. Do follow him. He he creates uh, threads for sharing the artwork uh, and fun meme coins uh, with the goggles and other things. So it's it's just amazing. It'll benefit you staying in touch with him. So Nick, uh, one more thing. I want to know about the third aspect as well about the. Hyperverse, uh, many of us uh, are keen on that. Uh, so could you just share a bit on that as well? Uh, sure. So my uh, startup, Decentology, uh, we are a, a seed stage uh, a startup, and our mission is to onboard 10 million web developers to Web3. And we've gone through several products trying to figure out exactly how to solve this problem. Our first product we built was Starter. And what Dapstarter did was compress time. It took like the one or two weeks it takes a new developer to get building in the space. We compressed it to roughly around 30 seconds. Um, and that would help. But what we found out is that most devs do not want to learn the complexities of smart contract programming languages like Solidity, Cadence, uh, Rust, you know, uh, et cetera. And by the way, I just realized I, I want to apologize. Like I have, I have switched gears unconsciously from talking about art and you know, simple language to really jargon <laughs> language developers speak. So I do that very unconsciously, depending on the audience I want. So um, if, if you are an artist in this audience and some of this it doesn't make sense, I apologize for that. But in any event, uh, so 
we built the app starter and we you know we had some 15000 projects built on it including animoca as a MotoGP uh, project and others and we're like well 15000 is a far cry from 10 million how do i get to 10 million and so that's when we sort of stepped back and decided that we need to figure out why web2 uh, development was successful and uh, sort of replicate that so web2 was successful because of the advent of something called APIs. Like before developers struggled with building applications. And then what happened is that companies essentially exposed their services as a standard format called an API application programming interface. So for example, people struggled with doing payments and Stripe came along. Now you add two lines of code, boom, you've got payments. Uh, people struggled with messaging. Twilio came along, add a couple lines of code, you've got messaging, SMS, etc. Same thing with Google Maps, Amazon for storage, et cetera. So there are thousands of companies came up and it unlocked a huge explosion in development in Web2 through this one term called composability. Instead of writing all your applications, you compose them but of different APIs with your code being the glue that orchestrates all these different APIs. So I was like, well, we're on Web3. And so uh, the Hyperverse is the result of that. Uh, so what we want to do is have the people, the developers who know how to create smart contracts, create them and deploy them on chain, but in a very special and unique way. Instead of writing these long, monolithic, complicated smart contracts, we want them to write modular contracts that do one thing really well, and we call them smart modules. So imagine these are like Lego blocks. So these developers who know that deploy them on chain, and then we provide a, a very slim JavaScript a layer, abstraction layer for it, kind of like an API. And then now JavaScript developers can build Web3 apps without knowing anything about smart contracts. And that's what the Hyperverse is all about. So we want to build, uh, have developers build thousands of these modules, these Lego blocks, and JavaScript developers can then just put them together in any combination and create sophisticated apps. But that's not all we are doing. We are also innovating in the software space uh, within these modules, we are allowing developers to have monetization so that every time their function is called on the blockchain, they can make money. So you can create a smart module, you can deploy it on-chain on the Hyperverse, and if it's a useful module, you can make money for the rest of your life because it's forever. That module is forever. Um, so that's one thing uh, in terms of open source monetization. But the other thing is we also solve the problem of security. Uh, in blockchain, uh, typically when you have a smart contract, you get it audited. That audit might cost two hundred and fifty thousand to half a million dollars. Very expensive, but there's no accountability. Like, if there's a problem, uh, auditor, you know, like has no accountability. What the model we are doing is we are having community auditors. So 10, 20, 30 of them all audit the same module, and if they believe in in the code of that module, they can stake their tokens uh, and as a form of security. So the more auditors that stake their tokens, the more assured you can be that that module is secure. And those auditors are putting their money at risk, which essentially acts as an insurance layer for software on the blockchain. And so uh, with, with that model, people can trust that the modules that they find on the Hyperverse that are audited by like lots of auditors are actually secure and therefore uh, can be used without you know putting their money at risk. So we want to do this at scale for all blockchains. We are blockchain agnostic. And my goal is like, you know, today, if you go and think about, hey, I want to build an app, the, the first word that comes to your mind is GitHub. You go there and you start finding code. A, a, a year from now, I want that if any developer anywhere for any blockchain thinks about building an app, they start with the Hyperverse.
They go there, they put in their keywords, they find modules, they check a few boxes, hit go, and it spits out a brand new GitHub repository for them with all the source code need, and all they need to do is add their special sauce. So that is where we are headed. So we did a $4.3 million seed round last year, and right now, this month, uh, we're working on closing a $15 million uh, strategic round, and then in a few months, we'll do a token sale. OMG, wow. Let me play this. You this, this is for you. <laughs> so in short, guys, you or any friends, sorry, we are continuing it. Oh, no, no. Th thank you, is all I was saying. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you or any friends of yours wants to hop onto Web3 and uh, has a background of Java or any technology you can hop on to Decentology and uh, just fly from there, go to the moon from there. They're making it so easy. And you just heard uh, the rounds of funding uh, they are receiving. They're growing very fast. And I love the aspect that they, the credibility is born, uh, got in to the contact with the auditors having their own stake in that. So that is incredible. And um, Nick had given an example of the weathermen uh, <laughs> in the event. So weather, weathermen give you analysis of the weather and it might change and they're not responsible for it, whatever happens. So audit, contract audits and other audits in the technology was also similar. But with Web3 and the, using the technology, for them to have their stakes in it, that is an ingenious idea. <laughs> so kudos for that. So I'll just wrap. I'll just rewind the three initiatives and we'll open the stage for questions for Nick. Uh, so first was Try uh, Crypto, a full woman organization to help onboard new participants in the Web3 space with innovative products and real examples, like uh, practical examples of doing things rather than just uh, watching videos or reading blogs. That is Strike Crypto, number one. Number two is uh, Nifty DAO. That is for, as most of us are artists here, there is something you need to uh, into. I've pinned the tweets on top for all of these. Uh, you can focus more on creating art. Uh, there are tokens, there are fungible tokens on this, uh, like the like the ape coins, as I'm just trying to simplify it in simplest word possible. So you can be community, you can be member of this DAO by holding those tokens, you can participate there. You don't have to worry about new platforms that are coming in. You can sell your works uh, at different uh, places. There will be people to evaluate the work. All the questions about pricing, marketing, and all that will be solved through the DAO, and I'm very excited for this one. Uh, we'll be seeing the roadmap and details in a couple of uh, days, uh, sometime soon. And uh, he has given a brief uh, in the tweet on top as well. Check that out. And Decentology's new uh, initiative of Hyperverse, uh, the, the only Web3 destination for getting all things uh, easy, easy to build, everything streamlined, everything uh, easy to adopt and to onboard, uh, something better than GitHub, uh, finding codes, and most of it is open source. And Nick is even giving bounty, like from the workshop, if you have a problem you can solve and you can build on it, you can solve on it in a couple of days, uh, write that contract in. Uh, you can find the links on there. 
link i'll just get up on top and you can submit your ideas you can start earning right away you can start and you'll keep earning royalties once that is uh, launched so do check that out definitely uh yes with that said let us if you have any questions for nick please raise your hand and we will ask nick all right so till anyone uh, is asking questions uh yes scarlet so our uh, intro to scarlet scarlet is a co-host today she is a cancer survivor just at the age of 18 she got uh, cancer and she has survived that and she is actively participating in the space uh yes scarlet please go ahead thank you so much tanmay always i'm so glad to be back here and uh i'm so happy like i actually met nick in the namaste nft for the day one and day two i got along and couldn't meet you and everyone but i attended the workshop they had like all the workshops with niharika radhika and everything and i am interested in it lot so i had this question after i came from the workshop i sincerely started learning programming now developing because it was so amazing seeing everyone and the fact that told this is all women in that workshop niharika was like a queen over there you know when she was speaking and i had a huge crush on her and i was like i need to get to know her i want to ask like for a beginner in developing how do you get started like in decentology what do you suggest do we go for decentology or try crypto because i'm completely new and i do take quotes from github these days like yeah i just take a quote from github and how do i get started what do i need to do hey uh, thanks for asking that question and i appreciate that uh, you take the time to come to those those workshops uh Yeah this is a tough question so i i can i can kind of simplify it uh like uh, try crypto is intended to be for people who want to learn about crypto just try it. you know like you uh, our goal is not to keep users on try crypto our, our users are, our goal is to onboard users and then have them move along to whatever it is that they want to do in 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 the space so if you know nothing about crypto at all and you're like well i don't understand what this is this fuss is all about you'd end up going to try crypto now i just want to step back and say that you know uh, all of these projects are are in various states but they are mostly all new uh, so don't expect miracles at this point we are looking for feedback we are working actively on it and some are more advanced than others because decentology for example is way more advanced we have a 16 person team uh, and we've partnered with pretty much every major blockchain uh, try crypto is just new it's just getting off the ground uh, r- r- right now the team just formed and came up with this vision and made the wireframes so it's still in development and nitidal is has a lot of um uh, energy behind it and we've organized namaste nft we've organized you know a whole bunch of things but the actual dao is also kind of forming right now so getting back to your question you would use strike crypto if you wanted an intro to crypto in general and you would use the hyperverse if you were a web developer interested in you know building web3 apps or if you were uh, a proficient smart contract developer you could build the modules that those web developers could could consume so we are at the point right now where we are uh, announcing bounties for uh, the smart contract developers 
to build some of these modules. So we've got some of the modules now, like we've got your basic NFT module, we've got a fungible token, et cetera, but we want to build a, a, a large number of modules. So that's coming from the smart module devs and, and bounties. We're going to do about a million dollars worth of bounties. Uh, and then uh, very shortly, uh, probably toward the middle of June, I would say, we're going to have these things called fast camps. And that's where we will unlock for, for JavaScript developers. You come to a fast camp, it's about 60 to 90 minutes, I'm going to say, and that's it. You, you can get going then with and start building your apps. Uh, you can, in our Discord, ask for help. Um, the way we are approaching our go-to-market is we want to make sure that we are building modules, uh, smart modules that are useful for developers. And so for that reason, we are partnering with companies that have large-scale projects that they are building, and uh, we are essentially decomposing their project tools and, and having uh, bounties for those modules. So I'll give you an example. For example, we are doing the Australian Full League, which is kind of like an NBA top shot kind of thing. It's a fairly large sport in Australia. So we are building that on the Hyperverse. We are partnering with a gaming studio in LA to do GameFi. And so we're building a bunch of games on, on the Hyperverse. Uh, so we are uh, partnering with some music partners to build music-related NFTs, etc. So there's, there's various different domains uh, where we are partnering with companies to actually bring their project to life, uh, which will be built on Hyperverse. And in doing so, they will be seeding in the Hyperverse of these uh, smart modules, which have found use in one uh, uh, application. And so they will be usable in other applications also. So to, to answer your, your question, I think uh, a good thing to do uh, is to hop on our Discord, uh, which is discord.gg slash decentology. Uh, let yourself be known. And if you are of the, the type of person who likes to, you know, uh, write about stuff, blog about stuff, etc., cetera, uh, we are looking for community ambassadors uh, to join our, our, our initiative and start getting them, essentially make them the early adopters of this uh, so that they can learn and then uh, talk about it more. Uh, more. Uh, our uh, Hyperverse is also transitioned to a DAO. We don't think that this platform can be successful being run you know, by a centralized company. So we are transitioned to a DAO. And as I mentioned, we'll do a token drop uh, in Q3. And so this will be very, very open and community uh, driven. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, fast camps will be the way uh, you can get in, but you can get in even sooner uh, if you want to be a community ambassador. And, and and by the way, since you like Niharika, she leads the community ambassador program. I'm happy to tell her to ping you uh, if you're interested. Absolutely. Like uh, when the workshop was there, I was, I was fresh out of surgery and I couldn't actually like wait a long time at the time. But Niharika was like, join in this current Mariana. I remember her, you know, the way she was like so motivating and telling me, come to the Discord and ask your questions. We'll be there to support you. If you don't, like, just DM me. And that was what made me feel like I need to be part of this. Like, the team, the support. So, yeah, it's a long term, and I know it's going to be amazing. So glad you're from the start. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you. Thank you so much. I already pinged Niharika and told her that she should reach out to you. Yay, awesome. Uh, that <laughs> so happy for uh, you. Uh, we'll ask money. Money owns NFT, then we'll hear from Valid. 
Hello, hi, hi there, Tanmay. Hi, Scarlett. Thank you for hosting this space. Uh, how are you guys doing this beautiful morning? Very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I am good too. You know, I just saw your space and uh, I joined. It's always so informative, and I just wanted to uh, give, uh, uh, just wanted to, you know, uh, thank you, Nick. Uh, and I was listening uh, and trying to understand whatever he has to say. Although uh, some of that went above my head, but uh, yeah, I think you are doing a really great job. And uh, um, thank you so much for you know presenting us with this uh, kind of platform. You know, many things are very uh, complex for hearing for the first time. It took me also time uh, to understand all these things. So do follow all these three handles and Nick's handle, the fourth handle, and see all the tweets on top. With time, you will get a better idea on this. So yes, thank you for coming and sharing. Valid. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, uh, Tadme Scarlett, uh, Lily. Um, had a, had a couple of questions for Nick. If uh, cool, uh, Nick, I have uh, I have two questions. I think I forgot the second. But anyway, the first one is when you're building the the, the hyperverse soap blocks. Is there is there a way to do to do this where a person that can't code like myself? I I, I don't know how to code. But I, I, I'm able to sort of like copy and paste stuff into stuff like, you know, WordPress or stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm able to build my own stuff just by sort of reading the code and like copying and pasting. But recently, you know, there's, there's services like, you know, with, with Manifold and Third Web uh, with like, a, like an interface to build your smart contract, uh, you know, easily for somebody that, that can't code. Is there something like that that's coming with, with Hyperverse where I don't need to know how to code? I can build my, my, my stuff on my website and, and just you know have people interact with a contract with a service that I want to use? Uh, that's the first question. Second question is um, with, with mass adoption, um, I, I, for some reason, I personally don't see you know, Ethereum as the chain for like a huge mass adoption just because of the the, the gas fees required to close a, a transaction. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at with, with companies to think about, um, you know, ticketing, for example. Uh, so, you know, will these, will these uh, Lego blocks be available for like other chains like Solana, Tezos, and, and all that? So we can build there and, you know, uh, for stuff to be available for like mass adoption with like, you know, one cent gas fees. Thanks for those questions, Walid. Uh, yeah, uh, so to answer question uh, number one, in terms of making these Lego blocks essentially like, uh, uh, you know, uh, without a no-code kind of solution, we don't feel like it's our place to, to do that. We'd like instead some developer to propose that and we'll pay them. We'll pay them a bounty to, to build, build that out. Uh, our value proposition is entirely on-chain. Uh, with the Hyperverse uh, smart modules. So anything people want to do at the UI end to make it e even easier, we are happy to support that and even pay to get that built. But I don't know that uh, that should be an initiative of, of, of the DAO, uh, the Hyperverse DAO, because uh, we need to focus on making sure that the core modules are built, the monetization strategy is there, and the security strategy is there. Anything else on top, like UI, other people should build, and we actually want to create an ecosystem. Uh, this is not unlike the ecosystem I built with my past company with uh, a, a nice, uh, wonderful community of co-founders. It was called DNN.NU. It was an open source CMS in the Microsoft stack. 
And uh, so, you know, the core open source software was the platform itself and everything else on top of it was created by uh, third companies. Uh, and this actually led to uh, hundreds, even thousands of companies making their living, you know, and employing other people uh, through building those kind of tools and, you know, making money. So we want the Hyperverse to similarly, you know, uh, cause, cause an ecosystem to be built around it. And so uh, a no-code solution, as you are describing, would be perfect company who has expertise in that area to come forward and say, hey, we want to build this, you know, it, it be approximate the cost of it to be X, and then we'll spit up the bounty for it and make it happen. So, yeah, that's uh, the question one. And the second question is, yeah, Hyperverse is blockchain agnostic. So currently we are supporting Ethereum on multiple EVMs, including Amidis, uh, Polygon, uh, we probably add Avalanche also soon, um, and just about any other EVM. Um, we are supporting Flow. Uh, we are supporting Algorand. Uh, we will add support for uh, Solana. Uh, one of the things that we look at is also uh, how uh, well our relationship is with that protocol's uh, founding team or development team, uh, and if if they will give us the resources we need, which is primarily, you know, lots of attention because some of the stuff gets very complicated at a technical level to get the multi-tenancy and other things built. And so uh, the ones that have been more forthcoming and giving us support are the ones who are being onboarded first onto the Hyperverse. But our goal is to take every popular blockchain and have it represented on there. And in fact, within the DAO, we will have these different protocol working groups. So every protocol will have its own working group. That way, every protocol can can advance at its own level. So if, if a particular protocol has GameFi as its primary audience, then we will build more gaming modules on there. But if it's DeFi, then we will DeFi modules on there. But the community can can uh, can deal with that. So yeah, uh, we are definitely blockchain agnostic and uh, plan on having it supported by multiple for, for multiple chains. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. That that answers it. Thank you. Thank you, Malit, uh, for your question and Nick for answer. It's block. So all blockchain, all kind of developers are welcome here. Uh, definitely do check it out, guys. Uh, Cypher, you have your hands up. What would you like to share? What would you like to ask? Yeah, thank you for uh, this opportunity and thank you for conducting this space on me. It's uh, once again useful for, you know, you usually conduct spaces which is useful. And uh, I have uh, a question for Nick. I have uh, heard him speak once in uh, Marine's uh, space, I think so. Yeah, uh, explaining about uh, Decentology and uh, the Nifty DAO and uh, everything. And uh, while hearing to that, I uh, was so mesmerized by this idea of staking. Like you get your art sold and you get paid in the tokens and you you can, uh, you know, stake that tokens. And uh, after a period of time, you can get to paid equally. Uh, that that was a great idea, which I, I don't know how to put it in words. But uh, the question is like, uh, you know, uh, as an artist, I, I don't have like a coder kind of money. But I have uh, ideas and I know how to put things into paper like art. So I'm that kind of guy. So, uh, you know, uh, after being in the NFT space, I had this like, you know, many of people speaking like, uh, you can get your art sold in Tezos, but it may be cheap. And uh, and uh, if you want to get more money, you should 
hop on to like OpenSea or even more like foundation and even more like super rare you need, if you have this stuff. So like if I'm get, going to get, uh, you know, so get my art sold out through Decentology and, uh, uh, and get paid through tokens. And uh, I just want to know how like, you know, uh, um, the money value will be like. So that's what my question is. Uh, I don't know if I'm correct. All right. Thanks for your question. So I have, uh, I see the problem I create because I'm working on multiple ventures. People, uh, there's always a crossover and people conflate one or two projects together. So your question is, has nothing to do with decentology. That's for developers. Your question is about the Nifty Dreams DAO that we are working on and that model. So I would just like to step back and talk about art for a second. You know, I know that a lot of artists are coming into this space in very large numbers because they are drawn to this idea of making a living. Uh, and I have been on the record saying this again and again, they are going to be very, very uh, disappointed for the simple reason that only 1.5% of artists actually have a sale. Uh, the market is just not there. There aren't enough buyers. The collectors are very sm small number. And then the rest of it is artists buying each other's art. And so this is not a sustainable thing. So if you're in this space right now and you're just bouncing from marketplace to marketplace and trying to make a decision like that, uh, really, you're wasting your time. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what you do. There are not enough buyers. So it's it's not the, the solution. Uh, even if you do get a sale, that, that's, that doesn't indicate anything statistically there are not enough buyers and so um, you might have a fluke you might be lucky and get a sale or something like that but so this is what the nifty dreams DAO is about it's about stepping back and putting art first uh, we have reached a point right now where all these twitter spaces etc they there is just people trying to sell and you know that is not art that is in in some in my mind sort of almost disrespectful to art because we are talking about sales first and art second. And I feel like we need to flip that. We need to be talking more about art techniques, about innovation in the NFT space. We need to be talking about what inspires us. How can artists collaborate on, on a large scale? Because it is possible with this medium for artists to collab, et cetera, instead of working uh, individually. And I'm not talking about collectives, which are just aggregating Again, individuals. I'm talking about actual collabs where, like, you know, five, ten different uh, numbers of artists create some amazing uh, innovation. Because you have to remember that right now we are using NFTs in the most boring way possible as just a token. Um, NFTs are built on one of the world's most sophisticated platforms created yet, the blockchain. Uh, it is a it is a computing platform with a lot of power. Smart contracts have a lot of power. And we don't use any of that. So th this, these are all problems that I don't expect artists to solve. Uh, but at the same time, it's the mindset that's important. And the mindset right now is everyone is thinking about how, how the heck do I get a sale and make money? And I want to dial back things and have people start thinking about, let's not worry about the money right now. I get it. I get it. You need to pay your rent. I get it. You need to pay for food. I, I get that. But the fact is that just focusing on sales is not going to cause sales to occur. It's not going to cause new collectors to miraculously appear. What is going to move the needle is if we start together and focus on the art, 
and elevation so we can genuinely and truly disabuse people of this notion that NFTs are just JPEGs. Because quite frankly, I, I don't give a fuck about what other people say, but it is that right now, right? NFTs are just JPEGs right now. Like there's nothing more about it because w- what would it take for it not to be a JPEG? Well, it would require you to have a mechanism by which your art was in fact unique and certifiable and not duplicatable and all of those kind of parameters. That doesn't exist right now. Like literally as a collector, I have thousands and thousands of NFTs. You know what I own? A bunch of random numbers. That's it. And I'm under no illusion that I'm going to make any money of it. I buy art to support artists knowing full well that I will never, ever, ever make a dime of that. I don't intend to. I just buy it and it sits in my account. But what is sitting in my account is a bunch of random numbers because that's what NFTs are, a random number on a blockchain. The art associated with it, the link, is maybe on IPFS, which is, again, still not durable. Uh, There is no guarantee that you as the artist cannot just go and duplicate and mint that somewhere else. There, there are no such assurances, right? So we are at, at the, uh, the, the sort of most nascent part of this whole NFT journey. And none of these things are in place. Meanwhile, everyone is joining this space and obsessed fail. And I'm saying that that's the wrong mindset. Uh, that mindset guarantees failure. That's it. There's nothing else that, that, that is, there's nothing else that can come out of that other than failure. If you want to be successful in this space, you got to move, step back and start thinking about innovation, about collaboration, and about really, really making art first, putting art first and helping the larger population understand it. And because this is not a, a feat that any individual can do, that's the purpose of Nifty Dreams DAO. So I don't, I didn't, I know I didn't answer your question, but what I'm telling you is about the reason that I have moved forward with this Nifty Dreams DAO. At this point, after having sponsored sort of the conference, a bunch of challenges, etc., I I have skin in the game. I have over 350,000, probably close to half a million dollars in this that I have invested. And I'll continue to invest more uh, because I think this can be big. But every artist who comes to me and says, hey, how do I sell, etc.? I I have already turned off my brain. I'm not listening to them anymore because they are the wrong wrong mindset. but when an artist comes in and asks me, hey, what's this NFT technology about? How can I innovate? What can I do? Can I team up with someone? I will give them all the time in the world. I'm all over them. They are my best friend. But the questions like the, the speakers, that's a turn-off question for me because it's all it, it's not working. It's not working. And if you need evidence, go to OpenSea and do a data analysis. I've done it, and I can tell you 1.5% of artists, uh, and that number is shrinking actually, uh, make sales. It's a non-starter. Amazing. You just, Nick just shared what all concerns were in our mind and what we all artists have in the central of our process in the whole NFT space. So more than sales, guys, think about innovation, think about collaboration, and let us um, use this power of uh, chain and NFT to create much, much more. So... Uh, thanks for the question, Nick Amis. Thanks for the insights. Um, yes, uh, anybody else would like to ask the question, please raise your hand. And those who have already spoken, if you have nothing to share more, I have, it will be awesome to step down. There are huge number of requests today, so it will be great. Thank you. Um, so, Nick, 
about the ipfs uh, people are not aware about uh, this technology so basically what it does is what nft is without uh, wait let me rephrase on open sea when we create nfts uh, as nick was mentioning it is just a string of numbers it is just who purchased from whom at what time and the actual nft as we know it the image file the media file the properties the description all that is stored somewhere else if you don't freeze the metadata it is on the google drives or amazons of open sea it is still centralized if you freeze it then it becomes decentralized uh, as similar to blockchain so many people many computers have it and if open sea goes down your nft won't be affected it can be retrieved from other platforms other other sites just like what happened with hiketnank in november of 2021 hiketnank went down uh, but it had automatically saved the metadata and the files on ipfs or decentralized storage so it we were able to retrieve the data from object.com or other places but now as nick pointed out there's another concern with ipfs who is paying their bill so who how for ipfs to sustain somebody has to pay the bills and uh, that's another network right and another thing about security that it is public so anyone else can mint it from that data which is open so nick what do you think is the future of this decentralized storage because uh, storing media on blockchain would be very expensive because uh we are just playing for bo- blocks in the bit size uh, and our data files are in uh, megabytes and gbs altogether so it becomes very expensive gas will be much higher hence we use ipfs uh, but the situation i just explained uh, nick what do you think is the solution to this and how do we go forward from here yeah that's a great question i'd like to back up by making sure that everyone has a uh, baseline understanding of how these nft contracts work uh and then we'll I'll get into your 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 question so fundamentally uh, l- let's stick with ethereum because that's what most people are working with but the same concept applies everywhere else uh you can have a smart contract that conforms to a certain specification there are two primary specifications one called erc721 and the other one called erc1155 Uh, ERC stands for Ethereum Request for Comments. That's how standards come into play on Ethereum, but that's not important. It's just a name. So the 721 format basically is how uh, uh, NFTs are created, and it's actually quite simple. If you look at what an ERC 721 smart contract uh, consists of, uh, at the end of the day, it's basically two columns: an address and a number. So that address is who owns and the number is what is the token id that's owned it's got one other field that field uh, is uh, a url uh, a link if you will that points to where the data associated with that particular token is st- stored so in this case the data would be a picture or an mp4 or something like that in the contract there are a couple of other functions like allowing you to transfer stuff uh, from one account to the other etc but the best way for you to think about an ERC721 contract is a spreadsheet with two columns one has an address and one has a number and then uh for all of those 
there's a link. And if you use that link and just plug in a token uh, number, it will give you the image associated with it. That's it. It's really that. There is no, no complexity to it. So now, when you are creating a collection of yours on OpenSea or anything like that, if you recollect the first time you do that, you have to pay gas. That's because you're creating a copy of their contract in for, for you. So uh, as long as uh, that contract exists, you don't need OpenSea. OpenSea is just a fancy UI. Uh, it's got a few bells and whistles and a few smoke and mirrors, etc. But you do not need OpenSea. You do not need foundation. You do not need any of that as long as you have your, your contract, which is on-chain. It is there forever. And as an artist, you should go to Etherscan, plug in your address in there, and look at your contract. You should see in your contract all the the assets you have minted, all who owns each of your, uh, etc. This is important for you to to, to look at. So, uh, getting, get, uh, I'll stick with seven twenty one. Eleven fifty five is similar. It's just a combination of non fungible and fungible. That's that's it's an evolution of it. But vast majority of NFTs are are using ERC seven twenty one. So when someone says, you know, like my OpenSea account got shut down or whatever, no big deal. Just go import that contract into some other platform and you're back in the business. However, there is one problem when OpenSea does block an account, which has happened to a lot of Iranian artists and others. Uh, everybody that displays NFTs, like literally everybody, uses the OpenSea API, uh, the, the, the preface. And so if OpenSea is blocking someone, their API also blocks it which is one of the reasons that one of the first tech projects that DAO is going to do is create an open API that does not block random people for being, you know, in a country that the U.S. government has sanctioned or something like that. That is just ridiculous. But anyway, I digress. So getting back to your question, so the ERC-721 contract has two columns. What Who owns a token and what that token is? The actual uh, sort of image, etc., is at the link, right? Now that link can be on anything. It's just a standard web link. It could point to Google and very embarrassingly, even now for a lot of projects, OpenSea still points to Google User Cloud, which is just so unthinkably embarrassing. I don't even know how they they would allow that. Uh, at minimum, they could have sh shown people the respect of using their own URL for that versus Google User Cloud in there, but they chose to be completely lazy, uh, which is apparent from their handling of UI, etc. I have nothing nice to say about OpenSea. They're a bunch of thugs. Uh, anyway, incompetent thugs too. Um, anyway, get, getting back to IPFS, right? So IPFS stands for Interplanetary File System. It's a it, it's essentially a decentralized storage system. The way it works is, you know, when you have a URL on the web right now, like maybe it says www.yourname.com slash something. That's called a URL. And it points to some file or it points to a web page, uh, et cetera. So that's called uh, essentially URL ad addressable content. Uh, IPFS is unique in that the, the content of, uh, has an address. It's called a hash. And that is all you need uh, in order to be able to find uh, the content on the IPFS network. Now, the IPFS network is essentially a bunch of people who have set up an IPFS server and said, hey, we make this available to you. They might have different limitations on each server, et cetera. But if you have an IPFS hash and you enter it on one of these servers, it is going to go query around every server until it finds one that has it. And then it's going to copy it 
and it's going to show it to you. So you can already see what the problem is. The first problem is speed. Like if, if your IPFS hash, the content that you're trying to get to, is not on a server that you're using, it has to go looking all over the internet to find it. You know, And there's a process for that. It works, but it's very, very slow. The second problem is that in IPFS, there's this concept called pinning. So um, if, if you were to just add your your image or whatever you know for your your art for your NFT to any arbitrary NF, uh, IPFS server, uh, it will stay on there for 24 hours, and then there will be something called garbage collection that occurs, and it will get wiped out. However, this can be avoided if you are paying the person who's running that server to what's called pin that. So pinning basically says, don't delete this when garbage collection occurs. Leave it there. So uh, OpenSea and others, other marketplaces are paying uh, some IPFS service to pin your artwork. That's the reason it exists. That is not durable, though. The moment their agreement lapses or they stop paying, then your art will be unpinned. And IPFS works on the premise of at least one node having the content for it to be discoverable. The moment zero nodes have your content, it is gone forever. So that that link you have in your contract is now a completely garbage, worthless link. It it, it points to, to nothing. So this is a problem that everyone is hand-waving or or this like, eh, it's, it's fine, it's all there. No, there, there is no, no good solution to it. It, it. The only way to solve this problem is to have a large number of, if we choose to continue to use IPFS, because that's not the only game in town. There is, uh, there's Arweave, uh, there is uh, Skynet, there's, there's a whole bunch of other decentralized technologies, all at different levels of adoption. So uh, the, the way to solve this problem is to have a consortium, meaning a group of DAOs that collectively, not just one, but maybe five, 10 of them, collectively taking the responsibility of uh, hosting this content so that uh, any one of them can disappear of the face of the earth and the others would still be around. So this con- a consortium-based approach is the only one that I think would work. Anytime you have just an entity owning it, they can stop paying the bills any time, and then the content goes, poof, gone forever. So uh, I believe like that's going to be another initiative You know, we're going to take on with the DAO. But th- like I recognize that if we try and do too many things all at once, we're going to fail miserably. So we want to make sure that in our season zero and season one, we pick the hardest problems to solve and focus on those and then go on to solve these other problems. And the hardest problem we have chosen to solve in season zero of the Nifty Dreams DAO is to create a project that uh, we are calling niftyme.org. Uh, and I can talk about that later if you'd like. But in terms of IPFS, uh, we need to have a consortium of DAOs or collectives, etc., that all collectively have their own node that uh, essentially is clone, cloning all the content across all these nodes so that you pay for your IPFS node. It has all the content from sort of all the other nodes, and we can be assured that no one of them, uh, if they fail, you know, it won't affect everybody. So hopefully I answered your question. I'm sorry, I, t- I take... Absolutely. Because I I try and give like the baseline information also. Thank you very much for the baseline information. Uh, You explained that in such simple terms and uh, everyone could understand that. And that idea is brilliant. And that I love the solution. 
about the consortium. So basically, everyone, all the artists, we can pay the bills of IPFS and there can be a collaboration, there can be something where we can directly pay that and our, make sure that our NFTs are safe uh, for years and ages to come. I just have one question about um, IPFS, then we want to hear about your uh, core problem that you're solving. So you mentioned about Arweave as IPFS alternative. Uh, they, one of my friend works there. Uh, they claim that you can pay upfront. You don't need to pay recurring fees or recurring rent, but you can pay upfront and keys uh, for lifelong. How is it possible to uh, pay upfront? Uh, how how do they maintain the technology? Could you explain on uh, yeah, that? Sure. Yeah. So every every one of these storage protocols has a different mechanism by which they incentivize people to keep the data online. With Arweave, uh, I believe you you pay up front and they are promising 200 years. No one has tested that because no one has been around for 200 years to try it out. So we don't know if it will work or, or, or not. So I think uh, at the end of the day, all of these have to be evaluated. And, uh, you know, um, the, 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 the marketplaces have to make a decision on which which platform is likely to succeed the most? You have to pick the horse you think is going to to win this because right now it's very early and it's very competitive. There are actually also uh, some blockchains like Scale, etc., that claim to have the data storage built in uh, into the, the 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 chain itself. So it's not like directly in the Merkle tree, the data structure that's used for for storing data. But the blockchain itself handles larger data uh, storage things, etc. So these are everyone is aware of this problem. So there are, there's lots of smart people working on this problem, and a solution will emerge. But it's important for people to realize that right now it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors. There is your NFT is really not what you think it is uh, today. It is a very brittle, a very fragile and a highly replicable, copyable, non-durable thing. So if you're under the illusion that making an NFT and minting it makes this thing that lasts forever and cannot be copied or et cetera, then I'm very sorry to to, to, to break your bubble on that. It's, it's not true at all today. It will be. That's the vision. So I don't want to like say that, you know, I, I don't want to sound negative about it. I just want to be candid and say that it's not what it is today. It will be there someday, but that's not uh, today. Okay, that is, there are many problems to solve. So Nick, what is the core issue that uh, you mentioned that in level zero of the uh, NFT DAO that we are solving? Yeah, so you know, I started off uh, with, with explaining that we need more buyers. We need mainstream users to understand what NFTs are and to open up their wallets. If this uh, movement is going to take off, if it's if that doesn't happen, guess what's going to happen? Uh, at some point, every one of the artists on there has a breaking point of how long they will wait and be patient for you know uh, someone to acquire their art. Uh, otherwise, they'll go back to just drawing, you know, as a hobby or whatever. What's the point of getting into this ecosystem, etc.? Uh, the community is great. Me meeting new friends is great. Getting exposure to new art is great. 
But uh, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of artists are in this space because they see an opportunity to make a livelihood from their art. And if that doesn't happen, then why bother, right? So I want to help that. I want to make that a reality. And uh, a second thing is, uh, I'm on the record as saying, you know, uh, you have wealthy engineers, wealthy stockbrokers, wealthy doctors, wealthy architects, but you always have starving artists. I want to change that. I want to create wealthy artists also. So all of that can be solved in only one way. If we can get mainstream users in the millions, I mean, even in the billions, to start understanding what NFT art is about, to get on board the crypto bandwagon, and to start acquiring this art. This is going to require artists to reframe their thinking. It is not... uh, They need to think about the new economy, the new Web3 economy, and think about tokenomics and the value of a token and how it can replace... uh, you know, money in the sense of dollars and ETH and all that kind of stuff. Like, there are some interesting things we can do to incentivize uh, people uh, by making these NFTs and these tokens work in concert to unlock uh, and make the vision of NFTs a reality. I'll give you an example. If we partner with museums or we partner with galleries and we make it, so holding an NFT that you procured from the Nifty Dreams DAO gives you access to New York MoMA or San Francisco MoMA. Like you just show that at the door and you're in. You know, that's an in real life. That's the kind of, that is a very simplistic example. Very basic. The most fundamental thing you can do with an NFT is use it as access to unlock something. You know, so those are the kinds of things I'm, I'm talking about where we create these in real life interactions and integrations so people don't think in terms of oh i only want to own this piece of art because i want it you want you want the art but you also want the benefit that comes along with it you get to meet the artist one-on-one maybe virtually you get access to uh dated artworks in a live museum when you go there you might be able to get a print on demand uh, t-shirt with that artwork by just clicking a button. There's all these things can happen in an ecosystem that transforms what an NFT is. And that's kind of where where we are going with NFT James is to unlock millions and millions of, of, of users. So that is not gonna be easy. I'm, I'm not a magician and I am definitely not a miracle worker. I'm just an ordinary person who clearly sees the problem and clearly sees the solution. And I am going to try to implement the solution with everybody because I can't do it alone. Uh, and the one thing about me is I am completely fearless about failure. I'm willing to go there and try it out. And if that doesn't work, try something out else out. But we have to unlock millions of users, mainstream users. And so uh, Nifty Me, it, the platform we're going to build, and what Nifty Me is going to do is is essentially... Uh, flip are doing right now. Marketplaces are a very sort of pull-based mechanism, uh, which is why they're not working. Like OpenSea, etc., require a, someone to actually come there uh, and uh, make a purchase. Uh, we're going to flip the equation and make it push. So wh- what that does is 
get more users, more eyeballs looking at it. So with Nifty Me, the basic model is, you know, you start off with artists sort of conveying their artworks to the DAO. We'll have a curation team that looks at it, values it, and tells the artist, hey, we value your art at X. Do you want to convey it to the DAO? Um, if the artist says yes, great. We'll move forward to the next step. If the artist says, you guys are full of shit, my art is worth a lot more, you guys are completely clueless, no, I'm going to go to OpenSeo Foundation. And we say, good, great, we, we wish you much luck. Please let us know if we can support you in any way. Um, so the artist conveys the, the art to the DAO, and now we have uh, professional marketers who are collaborating with museums, galleries, organizing in real life events, all kinds of cross promotion with with even even consumer brands, etc., to to create these and with these projects and campaigns, your art, you know, the art that's been con- conveyed to the DAO gets roped in into one of these, and at some point, that art has uh, a monetary value. Uh, transition occur. So some buyer pays it. That buyer does not need to be an individual. It could be a company that licenses 50 of these for their products. It could be like, there could, there could be a hundred different models that we will imp- implement beyond just the individual buyer buying an NFT. So that's the power of the DAO. We can do that because we are going to have professional teams working on these kind of deals, etc. So now there's some mo- money that, that makes its way uh, to the, the artists. It, when when their art is sold like that, they also earn tokens, and they can then stake those tokens and earn uh, and have a portion of the staking pool of money. Because the DAO will set aside from every sale, uh, about ten percent will go into a pool, and any artist who stakes their tokens will take those tokens out of supply, and therefore raise the value of their remaining tokens. And for doing that, they earn uh, essentially interest uh, on this. So, long story short, the biggest problem we want to solve is the demand problem. There is plenty of supply. The supply is growing every day. There is not enough demand. And we want to make it super simple through Nifty Me and other projects for Steam users to understand NFTs and actually buy them with just their credit card. We don't want, we, we if you have crypto, great, but we're going to make it possible for users to just buy this with their credit card. It's super simple, like drop dead simple for people to acquire NFTs. Wow. Uh, you know, just listening to Nick, I feel that we are not alone individuals uh, going out in the market and fighting for ourselves. This is the real vision in the in the community. This is the flavor or this is the feel of the real NFT community that we always talk about uh, creating demand, um, making it easier for people to onboard and come uh, join the NFTs and the push system that he's talking about. This is we. This is something we all have in our minds, right? But Nick has clearly defined the problem and also has a prop, clear solution for it. And I'm just so glad and happy to have uh, somebody like Nick in this space. So, guys, just let us show some hearts, hearts. Let us see some hearts for Nick. And but uh, you can open your mics and do claps as well. Thank you. So I'm sure uh, Nazim uh, has a question related to this and other will go to other people who have raised their hands. What we usually do in this space is we go as per people who have joined in, uh, but looking at uh, amazing conversation we have, if you have anything related to the conversation, please uh, pull your hand up and put your hand up and we I will ask you to uh, go ahead and share 
So Nazim, uh, please go ahead. Thank you, Tanmay, for hosting this space. Hi, everybody. Hi, Nick. Hope uh, you have had a flight back. Looking forward to your project. Um, I have a question. Is it possible at this moment to buy Nifty Dreams token? Uh, hey, thanks, uh, Nassim. No, the Nifty Dreams token um, will come later. So let me tell you the order of operations here. The order of operations is we publish the <clears throat> season zero uh, sort of uh, plan. We get some community feedback, then we finalize it. We then start filling all the slots for the various guilds and get start getting them organized. And at the same time, we are going to do a, a drop uh, for uh, benefactors. We are calling them benefactors because we want the Nifty Dreams DAO to, to resemble uh, real-life museums, galleries, etc., that have benefactors circled, things like that. So uh, right now, I'm tentatively thinking that we'll try and raise around $2 million or so, um, and that would be the operating capital. And then uh, we will do an airdrop uh, with the Nifty D uh, token. So I already announced at the uh, Namaste NFT uh, conference that I did a recent kind of uh, um thing where artists posted their picture in one word. I forget the name of the campaign. But uh, everyone who submitted something there will get airdrop tokens. And I'll figure out a way to get everyone who's ever participated in any kind of challenge or whatever to, to get uh, an airdrop uh, token. But uh, ultimately, you earn tokens when you convey your art uh, to, to the DAO. And so uh, that's we expect that this will step up and be willing uh, to do that, so that will be the to the token. Uh, however, that token will be locked initially. We, this is not this is not for people who want to do a pump and dump or a flip or whatever. This is a long term play, and if you're not in it for the long term, then this token is of no value uh, to you. So the initial airdrop tokens, etc., will be locked for for a period of time, and uh, then we start focusing on making that token valuable. Uh, we have to do it together. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone we have to work together to make that token uh, valuable. And as that token becomes valuable and it gets more unlocked, then the DAO itself will start providing liquidity for that token. We'll, we'll be the liquidity, first liquidity provider on Uniswap. We'll start buying back uh, those those tokens and, and make it possible uh, for people to start earning a good, a good living from them. Um, you know, I get asked all the time about like, how will I make money from the token? And like, will I be able to have a monthly salary, etc.? I don't know all the questions, uh, answers to those questions. What I do know is that if we work together, that token can appreciate in value. It can be desirable by professional crypto investors. It can be desirable by museums, by guests, by endowments, by foundations, by in, by venture capitalists, etc. And the more demand we create for that token, the more the value goes, price goes up. You know, it's kind of like ApeCoin or whatever else, ENS tokens, etc. You create something of value and the token represents that value. And it will if we collectively fail and do a miserable job at that, then yeah, the token's gonna be a have no value. But I would hope that's not the case. But uh, yeah, so I, I would expect like one of the main things I want to do is uh, I'm uh, I'm speaking at NFT NYC and my talk is about this. And uh, I'd like very much for the token to be launched before before that, because I can use that uh, talk as sort of a, 
a good way to raise awareness about the DAO and what we are doing and get more people at one of the world's most premier NFT events uh, to pay attention uh, to us. So, yeah, uh, I would expect that within the next month or so we should have the token. But again, it will be locked. Uh, thank, thank you for info. That makes sense. Um, and my last question, is there any website for your project? Somehow my attempt to join your Discord wasn't successful. So I was just looking to see, is there any website for it? Um, we, we'll get a website uh, spun up. There's people working on it uh, right now. I'm interested in knowing why you couldn't join uh, the Discord. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We have quite a few number of people who've joined. So I'd like to uh, yeah, look I, in, in, into that. <laughs> I'm going to try from my laptop. Um, actually, I tried a few times before, like a few months ago as well. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering maybe it's because of my mobile. And so I'm just going to try from my laptop. But I would just, um, yeah, I was interested to know, is there any website or not? But it's going to be launched. Yeah, Thank we've you very much. Get a website. We'll get a website stood up. But honestly, in, in true Web3 fashion, the website is just going to be a landing page. All the action is going to be in in the Discord. And uh, later as we, uh, as we launch the uh, Nifty Me uh, project. But please DM me. Uh, I will be happy to explore or connect you with someone who can work with you to figure out why you cannot get into Discord. Thank you very much. You're right. I'm a bit old-fashioned, so Discord should work. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. So I dropped down. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Nazim. Uh, guys, action is in the Discord. Do check out those handles and join the Discord. And yes, uh, I am openly willing to state that I am uh, looking forward to support this any ways possible with all my money and staking whatever I can. So uh, I'm here and we all are here for the long term. I will make best wishes to you. And with that, I want to ask Sakshi and then we'll hear from Urvi and then Aliens. Yes, Sakshi. Hi, guys. Hi, Nick, how are you guys? How are you doing? Wonderful. How are you? What What would you like to share? What would you like to ask? Uh, so currently, um, I just have one question going on. Like this is, we're talking, let's say, um, next month or a month and a half or two months in the future, right? But for now, who the people who are onboarding and are putting out um, new work platforms, I had a simple question. How how important is it to have your own contract, let's say through Manifold or Third Web? Like these are the two options I can think of from, off of my head. Um, but how important is it to start with these and also like a hardware wallet um, because it's it's just simpler for most people to just go to OpenSea or even Foundation now because it's open and just kind of, you know, list your stuff and go from there. A lot of us make that mistake. Um, you know, point A is building community, point B is essentially um, knowing the safest option and possibly the best option. But according to you, for now, for the next two months, let's say, 
and and the future what is the safest way for uh somebody to move forward with with their with their work as an NFT as a yeah, that's like a, I, a very good good question, Sakshi. Um, honestly, uh, I'm perplexed by why our artists are just doing this solo. Uh, it's so much easier if a group of artists got together and created, gave themselves a name, created a collection, and um, as a group, uh, you know, worked um, with, with a single contract on Manifold or whatever. Uh, I have previously tweeted about, you know, using a Gnosis multi-sig wallet so that no one person can um, have undue control over that. But uh, to me, you know, it comes back to like uh, flying solo is, is expensive and not, not as much, uh, um, not as, as marketable as if you were a, a group. So um, to newcomers entering the space, you know, even things like, uh, using some of these platforms to use your own contract, etc., is a hard challenge. You know, it's not easy. They're just trying to figure out what to do here. Um, so I, I almost feel like, uh, you know, going with the marketplace might be the best option uh, right, right, right now. Maybe you start off with minting, you know, one of your artworks. See how, see how it goes. Understand how you can market. Uh, and, and do some of those things. But again, you know, there, there are hardly any collectors. So you're going to end up just waiting. You know, there is no, there is the, the market. First of all, we are in a bear market. So even, even the minimum number of minimal number of collectors that were there are probably also sitting on the sidelines right now. So, one of the things they say is they have a bear market you build. So versus going and minting right now. Uh, so, you know, forget about Nifty Dreams. If, if that concept didn't exist right now, we are in a bear market. And is time to list, uh, to mint? I don't know. Um, if it was me, I would not. I would be figuring out and learning more about the space. I would be understanding more about what innovations are, exist. And I would be educating myself in this time. Versus, you know, going and minting, which gives me this sort of, uh, uh, it's almost the same, same fake sort of, uh, dopamine hit that you get from social media likes, et cetera, without work, they're worthless, right? Social media, literally worthless. They're just a, uh, a vanity, an ego kind of, uh, dopamine hit. So you might get that vanity or whatever, like, Hey, I got my work listed, blah, blah, blah. But, you know what's going to be worse after you, you you get you do that is the long wait and the down the, the the whole downhill disappointment journey you're going to go through because for most people that's what's going to happen. The, if you're prepared for that, then go ahead and and, and mint. But if not, um, you know I would look at the the data. I, I follow the data, and the data tells me right now that if I'm a new artist and I'm coming into the space. I should actually spend my time learning more and educating myself about this space, bu building relationships and, you know, figuring out how uh, I can move the needle versus just going and minting because that's not going to make me any money. I, I know that's a really terrible answer if you didn't want to hear that, 
I know that. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. No, no, it's not only the truth. It's also in general, like I, when it wasn't the bear market, even um, in general, also, you can't like, it's like, it's like if anybody ever over here has been to Sarojini Market in Delhi, it's how at you with like these fake watches or like whatever bags and stuff and then they they shove it up your face and they're like you want to buy this <laughs> um or i'd like to sell this and it's a very basic concept that you are not gonna get a sale with shoving anything up anyone's face anywhere never you have to come into a space and familiarize make friends have have some sort of relationship um and only then will somebody be curious enough to look at your what you're selling it could be anything and then from there onwards you you can you can build you can you know depending on your product depending on those uh again there has to be buyers it's so many uh but you you cannot expect to um just just come up which is a lot which is a mistake even i made and i see a lot of other uh young artists who are just coming into the space because it's so fast-paced they believe that they're gonna miss out if they don't deploy something immediately as soon as they enter the space i think that's very counteractive but Again, uh, you you clarified on the having your own contract thing is basically doesn't it doesn't make that much of a difference right now. It just you can you can just probably play around and see what kind of works out for you, right? Or my question was basically is it is it very important from the get go to have your sort of contract and your uh platform in a way like your own website? with your own contract, da 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 like it, it adds on to the work and a hardware wallet. But is it that important or is it okay to like like you said, come out and, and you know, just test the waters? Yeah, you can see none of the artists I know who are minting, they're so new to the space. They they're not doing any custom like crazy metadata. They're not doing any events. They're not doing any triggers. They're not doing anything dynamic with the NFTs, etc. So then just use the static boring contract either way you have you know uh ownership of it so what does it matter now don't conflate that with the hardware that's a whole separate thing the hardware wallet is essentially a security thing like you know uh one of the reasons that people say they got got hacked is they clicked on a link and because uh the the private metamask is secured with just a password you know uh, it's encrypted with that. As soon as someone has that password, they have you type it in somewhere or uh, etc. They can decrypt your private key and you're done. The hardware wallet ensures that it is not possible for someone to fish you or you know scam you that way because you you have to actually enter the 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 pin code or you know it might be a fingerprint or something on the hardware uh, device. It is a little inconvenient, but um, what you can do is keep your prized possessions in an account that is associated with the hardware device and keep your day-to-day like you know small activities whatever dap activities etc in in metamask thank you thank you so much yeah i that's something uh i'm also transitioning into um and in general it's just good to know that you have to start off with these things just to be safe in the space so thank you thank you nick
And thank you, Tanmay, Scarlett, Lil, for having this space, guys. Thank you, Sakshi. It was wonderful to meet you at Namaste NFT as well. So I'll just highlight a couple of points that Nick mentioned. It's a bear market. Um, use this time more to find out what innovations are happening around, uh, how more you can make use of this Web3 as technology. I will share a couple of things that I am interested and I'm in doing. Uh, there's a website called async.art. In that, artists can create NFTs that change with time. I'm working on NFT that changes with time. 24 hours, 24 variations. It can work as a clock. You can also, there's a blueprints in there. So you can create your own uh, different versions of them. They have two, three kind of variations and new ways of creating those NFTs. So I definitely suggest everyone to have a look at that. Apart from this, there is one thing on Tezos as well. Um, it's called Zim, Z-I-M or something, in which you can create interactive NFTs. So you hover your mouse over the NFT and it will change colors or the whole configuration of the NFTs can change with the viewer's actions to it. So that is something very interesting. And if somebody knows of those kind of things for Ethereum platform, uh, do let me know. We Let us discuss that and let's collaborate on that. So no need for coding. These platforms are providing that. So yes, thank you, Nick, once again. And uh, Saksi, that, that was a nice question. Let us uh, hear from Urvi now. Hi, Urvi. So, nice to hear you after back to back IRM in Mumbai. So, uh, I really want a question. Like, uh, I'm Urvi, your voice is not very clear. Uh, is it clear? If you're using, yeah, better. Yeah. So, uh, I'll come down to the question as a lot of speakers are waiting. That, uh, is I'm a hardcore artist. And uh, I see that the space, we are talking about the programming developers, smart contracts and everything. I want to ask Nick that in NFT dreams, as you will be collecting many artists' works and you will be evaluating and the, I mean, the company now will be evaluating and all. I want to see, I want to ask if, is there any, uh, uh, any criteria where we can be associate, associated with NFT dreams, a part of just giving the artwork, but in a larger uh, term or in a longer way or something like that, or we can be a part of the graphics or something like that. Is there any, uh, uh, plan or is there any uh, thing which is coming out like this? Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, or, or we get to uh, hear from you again. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, there's all these guilds that we will be announcing. We will be putting uh, a call for people to fill in the slots. So every guild, like maybe there's a, there's a marketing guild, there's a strategy guild, there's an events guild, there is a curation guild. There's, uh, last I looked, there were about 11 guilds on, on there. So all of those guilds are going to have a lead, uh, multiple co-leads, and then team members. And um, they will have to actually work on and execute tasks associated with the guild. Now, initially, those uh, will be in true open source format, completely voluntary. Um, you know, So this is very much modeled after open source project uh, DAOs are. Uh, so initially, it will be voluntary. But then as people prove those, et cetera, in the future, there will be uh, a token-based compensation uh, also for people. So it could be your job. Uh, and, and indeed, you could make money working on, on the DAO aside from your art uh, itself. You will be working to help 
all artists worldwide and do some of these projects. So for example, if we decide that we are going to do, uh, we are going to build, let's say an AR application to allow the creation of virtual street galleries or exhibitions, then, you know, we need developers, we need designers, we need uh, UX people, we need uh, product managers, we need, so pretty much all the roles that exist in the world, there's going to be some, some form or uh, some guild that requires you to have it. But we got to crawl before we can sprint here. So we'll start small and, and go, go from there. But yeah, absolutely. There's going to be lots of opportunities. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm really great to hear this because, uh, yeah, as you rightly said, I would like to be a part where I can inspire others because the artist is not just who is inspired, but who can also inspire others. So with such a good motive of NFT dreams, it's not just I want to give my art, but I want to be a part of even, you know, tiny paint if I can contribute something. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward for it. I am in discourse. I'm sure I'll get all the updates and all. Thanks again, Nick, for for the space and for the so much you are doing for the artists. And Sanvaya, thanks a lot. I love the way you put the pointers and of the all the conversations so that they don't miss out anything. Thank you, everyone, for this. Yeah, Uri, and one of the things that you know I think most people will start off with is that we'll have lots of community ambassadors. You know, we we will need people on the role of essentially uh, understanding how the DAO works what the mechanism is and why we will be successful and then organizing lots of local events all over the world. We want to have thousands of meetups everywhere. And these community ambassadors are the ones who will essentially take a a model and say, this is how you create a meetup and this is how you market it. And this is how you welcome new uh, people, et cetera. So I think a large number of people starting out as community ambassadors and just hosting online and IRL uh, events to help onboard uh, artists who have no idea what this space is about. You know, like just uh, essentially artists working uh, offline right now, uh, welcoming them into this new uh, Web three realm. Um, and that's gonna that's not gonna happen if we just you know market. It's gonna happen when they they meet someone, they believe them, interact with them, they become their friend, and they welcome them. Uh, on board. So I think a lot of you uh, will end up uh, being community ambassadors. In addition to other roles, that's not the only, you can be in multiple roles in the guild. Thank you. Just a minute. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that a part of just selecting art or something, your main motto is also to educate the artists as you really understand the pain artists go through and they're just into uh, creating the stuff and not into programming or sh- uh, marketing or something like that. So uh, I feel like I'm in a little safe bubble where I can get to learn the things also uh, along with my artwork. So thank you so much, Nick, for such a good, thoughtful um, help for the artists, I can say. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on screen. Thanks for coming and sharing, Urvi. Just highlighting again what Nick said. Uh, you can participate in the DAO, Nifty DAO, in whatever ways you can. And from the community ambassador's point, I just visualized maybe if we have a model, like having experience of the Namaste NFT, and we all know TEDx conferences. So uh, they are remotely organized. You can organize those conferences on your own. It provides uh, for the details on how to do that and format and all those things. So 
it would be awesome you know wouldn't it be awesome if we have uh, our local our own local uh, gatherings and exhibitions and uh, all these com community coming together irl uh, with nick and the nft dao worldwide i'm just this is beautiful it, uh, the vision is beautiful uh, with that i want to ask uh, aliens of earth what would you like to share Hey Tanmay, great space. Uh, glad to be here. I think this is the first time I've been on your space. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. And uh, I've been listening to Nick. Nick, amazing things that you're doing. I did see a lot of work that went along with uh, Nafti and uh, and and many things. Your uh, decentology, hyperverse. That's fabulous. Uh, and I'm you know also goes to see that you know you're educating people on technology. You're sharing a lot of information this is a wealth of knowledge that is shared with the artists it's good to artists to grasp that i think that goes a long way so uh, a lot of folks who know don't know me i'm raj i'm based in singapore uh, i help uh, critters get spotlight critters as i said like bugs insects and spiders to get your spotlight help them spread their uh, you know the superpowers that they have uh, so that's that's short intro about me but i have a few questions for nick nick you know the based on just the conversation that i heard uh you know um, a lot of artists who enter the nft space are bogged down by low sales uh, and especially uh, as you said sales doesn't define an artist i mean i do believe that artists something need to be elevated but uh, the success metrics of building any successful dao or uh, or any marketplace uh, kind of depends on the sales right so sales has to happen and uh, for that as you you were alluding to you need a lot of masses to come in to buy and you are a startup guy well very well understand the customer acquisition cost for a big marketplace or e-commerce like structures so so high and uh, considering that uh, especially like when uh, facebook or insta wants to bring in that mechanism of buying any digital collectible that's on insta pla platform could be for 5 bucks or 10 bucks uh, how well is nifty dao uh, uh, you know funded or uh taken into consideration to meet such competition but you have a great community to say that that goes a long way but you know building the masses that who can come in to buy requires a lot of effort and a lot of uh, money too uh, how are you uh, approaching it uh, after that i'll have another question yeah thanks for your, your question so look uh instagram coinbase wallet nft you know any kind of nft projects that come along and not competition they are helping us uh nifty dreams uh dao is not a profit making uh enterprise its goal is totally different its its goal is to help artists succeed in this and and make make a living uh through through their art uh in order to do that yes you need capital and this is why uh, as i mentioned initially we will do a benefactor nft drop so those nfts are needed uh, for governance within the dao so there will be various classes of those so uh, right now there's uh planned two classes there's benefactor uh level uh nfts and then there are what i call dreamer level governance nfts so the uh, in total i think uh, if my memory serves that's going to give us about 2.25 million dollars if we sell them all the the uh, nfts that we will be selling uh, are 
called governance NFTs. Uh, in in short, they are called uh, GNFTs, pronounced NIFs. So you would need a governance NIF to be, for example, in the benefactor guild uh, in order to be able to vote uh, on certain things. You pr pretty much need a NIF to vote on anything. The Dreamer NIFs are going to be for artists to buy if they want to. So if they want to support this DAO, then uh, they'll be able to buy them and we'll make them super inexpensive. So I'm talking like 20 or 25 bucks or something like that, which I know is even that number is high, but we got to we gotta get capital in uh, in order to, to make this work. So uh, the governance NIFs the, uh, uh, is how we will get some capital in initially. And then uh, we don't want to do like any kind of token sale or anything uh, right now because then we get into complex securities uh, issues, etc. So all tokens that will be will be uh, available through uh, the Nifty Games DAO will be connected to a work. Uh, that's basically how uh, or or or, or a NIFT. So you never buy tokens uh, directly from the DAO. Now there will be uh, uh, DEXs where you can go get them. Uh, anyone can set up a liquidity pool and uh, have those tokens uh, available, but it's not going to be us. Now, it, that does not preclude us from in the future. Once we do have capital and we have this thing running, uh, you know, that we actually do a token sale. The important thing to understand yeah. is there is a pattern to some of this. There is a, a method to, it's not madness, but there's a pa pattern to it. You can't like spin up something like this and like do everything in like the first week or the first month or whatever. You have to go by the playbook. And the playbook says you first have to get people together. You have to get processes in place. You got to have workflows in place. You got to have a little operating capital. You got to start building towards the initial success. You got to demonstrate some initial success, which in a uh, startup world is called traction. Once you demonstrate some traction, then you go and do a token sale because then the investors can see where the value is. If you do a token sale initially, it's all about a vision and a white paper. And there's lots of companies that have done that. That used to be the case, but we are in the era anymore where a white paper will essentially get you millions of dollars. Uh, even that, uh, it was mostly limited to protocols, you know? Protocols did uh, the ICOs and all that kind of stuff. So we are not going to do that. What we are going to do is raise some capital initially through these governance NFTs. We're going to use that capital wisely uh, to hopefully demonstrate traction. You know, start doing some in, in interesting projects that uh, make make uh, the the DAO valuable, and then uh, we'll go from there. So I can just speak about some of the projects that we are doing. We've already seen one of them, Namaste NFT Bangalore. So we'll do one in Bombay, um, TBD. Or right? I'm just spitballing here because we haven't finalized anything. Uh, so don't hold me to it. So uh, that's uh, uh, that's uh, one thing. Then the other thing is uh, last November or was it December? I did a, a test. It was a test of uh, the Board Apes uh, brand where I had people create variants of my ape. Uh, and the idea there is to create something called the Board Ape Culture Club, which is to use the Board Apes brand in order to uh, get a bunch of art, 
artists to create board ape variants for a number of different apes. And I probably have about 50 or so lined up right now. Uh, they will put in capital as prize money. The artists create these variants. The, 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 the variants are then owned by the DAO. The DAO then sells those, making the ape brand more accessible to people. So every ape who has these variants can have a little tribe within the DAO uh, and they can do interesting projects. So now capital is coming into the DAO. So that's another project. Uh, I contributed to uh, and was the platinum producer for uh, a Bollywood movie film. Uh, that was successful. So we'll do a couple more of those. I'm going to do uh, a dynamic art project uh, called Fragile in partner with uh, a Bollywood actor, Kunal Kapoor. That might be another project. Uh, I am about to head off into Paraguay into uh, uh, remote South uh, American villages uh, to create the concept of these adventure NFTs. So an adventure NFT gets you the whole thing, a trip, a tour, a film crew, you go to rural artisans, they make things to your specs, and you come back along with these artists, with, with, with the art that they have created, along with having a personal experience, talking to them and having that all recorded and available to you. So these adventure NFTs. So there's a lot of these projects that we have on tap that we are going to start doing, and that's going to get capital coming in. But ultimately, what it means is traction. We want to really, really demonstrate traction. We demonstrate that and we make it so that when that token sale happens, boom, it's like sold out instantly. You know, I don't want to create a token sale where we are waiting and waiting for investors. I want to make it where investors are drooling to get their hands on this token. So that's going to come uh, a little later. But the initial capital is by NFTs. All right, thank you. So that, that answers a few things about the whole structure, whole idea, the roadmap, and your plan for tokenomics. Uh, that's that's awesome. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. So I have another had another question, but uh, probably I can ask another time. So I'll give space for other people to ask. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Aliens of Earth. The brilliant question and Nick, another exciting response and another exciting vision. And uh, the you're so clear on your ideas about startups and creating tractions before the white papers is just i just love brilliant and i'm totally here to support guys and if you have been for namaste nft you see you you see nick uh, in the twitter uh, verse so you know what uh, he's talking about i'm so excited here's a shadi let us hear from you then dr vimal Hi, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the space. Um, I wanted to ask uh, two questions, but hopefully Sakshi asked uh, half of one of my questions. So uh, my first question was about uh, what was first. I just wanted to appreciate Nick for what you're doing and congratulations on one, the project that you that you did with Vishal. It was really, really amazing. I was I was in that, in that space before. And it was amazed by, by the fact that you were doing something for the first time and for the Indian community. And you mentioned that it's like for Indian community and it's like uh, made them pr proud. But I just wanted to say it is something that makes all of us proud because it is something that is that has been done for the first time. And it's really like exciting, the idea before the, behind the project. And I just wanted to congratulate you and appreciate you for what you're doing with um, 
dream DAO, Nifty Dreams. Uh, one question that I wanted to ask is is regard, regarding of smart contracts because um, uh, you mentioned, uh, I, I think Sakshi also mentioned um, smart contracts, a manifold, uh, but I didn't just understand that you were agree with, with like deploying in the smart contract on that platform or not. And uh, there are two like technologies, ERC 1125 and ERC7021. Do you think that we as an artist need to just have them both? Because I've been uh, watching the space and I've seen that some artists just use one like ERC7021 for 101s and, and also editions. And I was wondering maybe that maybe they are doing something wrong or they don't know about the, like how these technologies work or just I'm right and, and and this is possible. So I just wanted to make sure about the technological uh, fact behind this. And uh, the other question is that uh, I think we as an artist and individual, we can educate our audience and like onboard people on NFTs. Um, but how do you think we can do this in a more beneficial way? Uh, because it is really hard for people to just know this in the first place, like NFTs, because like, very complicated uh, term in the first place. And and if you're just doing a research on Google, you just become more more uh, confused and just lose your interest. So people don't don't do this. Or if you're doing a research and they don't understand about this or DAO or all the terms that uh, we we use in the space, they just um, lose their interest and they and they don't jump into the space. Obviously, so um, I I thought that we can also help you, uh, but I just wanted to know your opinion on how so thank you so much uh, i'm listening all right uh, thank you shadi uh, wonderful questions so let's take them one at a time uh with regard to uh, smart contracts uh you know as i was saying earlier you should do whatever is simplest and easiest for you i wouldn't sweat worry too much about what's right what's wrong etc because like let's say that you're you want to buy a car to drive you know 10 kilometers back and forth from work every day you're not going to sit and evaluate the performance characteristics of the car in you know on how well it does on the racetrack or something like that you don't, you don't that's not important right you just need it to be reliable and go back and forth from work every day so any of these contracts are going to do that for you like the problem is not with the contract the problem is with the market and the marketing uh, so it really doesn't matter what you do. Just do whatever is easiest for you right now uh, when you enter the space. Like you learn, then when you're ready to do something at scale, you know, like maybe you've got one or two or three successes and now you're like, okay, I'm going to make like a massive collection or something like that. Then you sit and do your homework with the benefit of some knowledge behind you. So if you're just starting out, do whatever is easiest for you. Click a button and make it happen. You know, that, that's kind of what I would say. Uh, but and, and I totally agree with you about the fact that th this space is full of jargon. It's really hard for people to understand all these complicated terms like NFTs and DAOs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the We cannot, like the Nifty Dreams DAO as we are creating it, 
cannot be in the business of also, uh, you know, doing a lot of education. Like we, we want to focus on growing the market, you know, of, of buyers, et cetera. So within, within it, uh, we do have education as a component uh, for artists. Uh, but what we'll do is rely on the community to to do that. And that's where like, sort of the community ambassadors and all that come into play. Like maybe we can create a program uh, to onboard new artists where uh, they get paired with a community ambassador who walks them through uh, every step of the way. One of the things that I'm very committed to, to doing because I'm an open source pro- proponent is making sure that we always have an alternative to all the commercial sort of centralized entities there, whether it's uh, you know, open sea or foundation or whatever, so that uh, if the artist wants to, they can choose to use our open tools that are just as easy, just as high quality, but then they don't come with with you know lockdown or uh, with with a particular entity, etc. So we'll we'll do that also. But we'll start with very simple program is like a, a buddy program. You know, like a you are coming on board, you get paired with a buddy, a community ambassador. And they are there. They are responsible for answering your questions as a new artist and helping you get onboarded into into the, the space. We'll also do, um, I don't know a term for them, but something like an art camp or something. So maybe every week or in two or three different times to support different time zones, we have a fixed presentation, a, a webinar that occurs. And someone is helping and so, so as a new artist, you just pick the time that works for your time zone. You hop on that, and 60 minutes later, you have all the answers for what you need to do. So these are the kinds of programs that we have to plan and do, which we can't do as individual artists. But once you're working together collaboratively, the sky's the limit. I can just imagine all you creative people doing amazing uh, things like that, you know, having a welcome kit uh, or something like that, welcome to the world of NFTs and uh, giving even starting to to create a program for artists where you can get sort of a poet badge for each step of the way. Hey, you 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 attended a camp, boom, you got a poet badge. You minted your first NFT, you you get a poet badge. You uh, did you did something with a DAO, you get another. So we can gamify this. We can do fun things like that. But that's not all for me to think about. That's for us to think about. Which is why I'm very excited to get the guilds in place, etc. And just get things cranking, you know, because once you get the community cranking, uh, people will do it. Uh, and uh, just to be clear, and I want to be very clear about this, uh, DAOs operate on the on the concept of seasons. They don't have to, but they generally do. A season is a short term. It could be a month. It could be a quarter, something like that. We've set up season zero of Nifty Dreams DAO uh, to be four months. So it's the last month of this quarter and the third quarter of 2022. So that's season zero. After that comes season one. All I'm committing to is to give my full, complete 110% support uh, in, in order to provide lots of leadership, capital as needed, direction, resources, whatever, to get season zero done. So at the end of season zero, we have money, we have teams organized, and we have a bunch of these projects underway. What happens in season one? I don't want to take personal responsibility for it. Why? Because I want it to be a collective, a DAO responsibility. The teams, the co-leads, etc. We will all work together. I'm not saying I'm leaving or anything like that. 
I'm just saying, I don't want to be the single person responsible for it. I'll do that for season zero to get things started. But after that, we have to work together and decide on what happens, who is going to do what, how is the money going to be spent, all of that. That's got to be a DAO community decision. And uh, uh, that is what is very exciting to me when you know we have more minds working together uh, and, and doing amazing things. My, my philosophy of startups has always been very simple. Try and get a bunch of people together so I'm the dumbest person in the room. And then I know it will be successful. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm working on season zero to get a bunch of smart people together. So I'm the dumbest few person there. And I know I'll we'll be successful. Incredible. You're definitely the smartest uh, visionary amongst all the space. So on the same lines, uh, Nick, I wanted to ask you a question. After the Namaste NFT, I was speaking to many other people uh, for the demand side, for onboarding people as collectors or being a part of our space. So what I've seen is those people who were already in the crypto space, uh, crypto holders or people who had bought into the IC or miners, people were the people who start, who became the collectors. I mean, this was the party other than the artist themselves buying between them. So who's, it, it was easy or people who were in the crypto it was easy for them to explain why NFTs and why you should collect. But how do you explain to people who are unaware of uh, crypto and blockchain, but just know Bitcoin? Uh, how do this, uh, we can, how can we uh, explain them in simple terms? Because there are so many things that we can tell to them, but what according to you, we can tell them to, for them to onboard and find, uh, for them to show for us to show them value of the NFT space? It's a great question. One of the easiest way to demonstrate value is to actually have value, right? Uh, if, if you are trying to demonstrate value for something that does not in fact have value, then it's gonna be a really hard sell because you have to convince something of uh, uh, someone of something that isn't there. So what is the value proposition for existing NFTs right now? Um, I think on the simplest terms, it is that you are able to connect with the artist. You are able to, I mean, that that's the real and uh, only value proposition that exists, right? Because NFTs, for the most part, are not dynamic, not uh, taking advantage of the blockchain, not doing anything uh, interesting in terms of unlocking real life uh, uh, things, etc. So if that's it, then play on that, you know, and build upon that and make sure that... Uh, you can communicate that when you are getting, uh, when you are acquiring an NFT now, you are acquiring a digital collectible uh, that is one of a kind. And not only is it one of a kind, but you, by acquiring it, now have an open channel to the artist who created it. You can uh, talk to them. You can understand their mindset, etc. And you have this unique piece of art that uh, you might uh, potentially uh, depending on the license that they, the artist has created. Which, by the way, don't get me started on licensing. Right now, we've got such a crappy... Like, artists don't know anything about licensing, right? So I go and look at the descriptions of an, any NFT I want to buy, and I'm like, great, I can do nothing with this, or I can do everything with it, depending on how I interpret it. There are no constraints, there are no rules, there's nothing put there. But we, we'll fix that. We will have standard licensing terms that artists can put there, so it is very clear to the buyer what they're actually acquiring. Anyway, 
So right now, that's that's it, right? That's all we are able to sell is essentially you're getting a collectible, a digital collectible that is unique, and that you have access to the artist. What else? I'm all ears. If someone can tell me what else, then I'd love to hear it. But I don't, I, I don't know of any other thing that you can promise a buyer today. Very interesting. So I'll just rephrase and highlight that uh, value isn't the artist. It's uh, himself or herself uh, as they are creating. Uh, we can say that the collectors can be a part of the artist's journey own a piece of internet that they create. Uh, suppose, imagine, I mean, this is what uh, Gary said. Imagine you owning brushes or mugs or paints of uh, Jackson Pollock or Picasso. I mean, those sort of things we can own here. Uh, another important issue which Nick highlighted was about licensing and looking forward to hear more about this. Um, what I usually do is I mention if they can use the license um, they can reproduce it commercially or earn from it. I usually mention that in the description. Uh, we can also mention if they can have their owner of the physical art comes along with it. And uh, these things can be done. But go ahead and mention that. Uh, don't leave it blank or else, as Nick said, it can be interpreted in both ways, uh, unlimited to use in any ways or uh, not use at all. So that is something we can start off immediately. Let us do that. Uh, yes, thank you, Nick, once again. And I'm looking forward to more people who, what uh, what others have said or what others can uh, find, how they can find value in this. And another thing what I say is uh, you can own the artwork across the world. It's not that you have to be locally present in their gallery or in their workshop to collect the artwork. You can remotely collect best artworks, best artists around the world at the same time and uh, the ownership of the artwork is for you. The blockchain is the ownership. It will be verified and you can stake your claims to the original. Um, we see uh, there was a Munde or there was a painting of Leonardo da Vinci, which had Jesus, Jesus Christ in it. And uh, Christie sold it as the last work of Leonardo. But there was a lot of debate on if it is original or not original uh, because these people, gallerists, hire validators and many a time those validators are not genuine or they just say what the collector or the seller wants to hear uh, but with the blockchain the ownership is the uh, one of the main things that we can, we are providing or um, they can find value in the artist in the best way and associated with them for ages to come so thanks again for that nick and uh, let us hear from anastasia hi how are you doing today uh, hi everyone. Uh, thanks for your space. Nice to meet you, Nick, Danmei, Scarlett, Lily. My name is Anastasia. I learned about NFT in the fall and found my small community. I have been selling my work uh, for a while now, but uh, lately it has become very difficult. Uh, thank you for solving uh, this problem and uh, developing uh, it. I am a small person, but I also want to be helpful. I noticed that um, a lot of people would like uh, to learn more about art. So I started uh, writing art history articles every Monday. I write um, uh, very briefly from the beginning. 
while I've uh, only writing uh, for articles about the art of the ancient world. world. I'll keep going uh, until I get to the modern day. And then I'm going to write about famous um, prominent artists. You can find them by my by hashtag on my profile. I feel like it's growing the community too. Uh, develop develops um, an interesting art one and one. My only concern um, concern is that a lot of people's Twitter activity has um, disliked um, and a lot of people have lost hope. But I always hope for the best. I may not be able to uh, to answer to because of my poor English. As I am um, accounting rough um, translator, thank you for your attention. Thank you for giving hope. Uh, do you think... Um, it's it is uh, necessary to develop awareness about art uh, in this space. Uh, are you planning uh, uh, curatorial programs uh, to support uh, not large communities? Hey Anastasia, thank you so much for your your question. You made me uh, realize that I didn't state one other goal of the Nifty Dreams DAO, which is kind of sort of, uh, I always think of it as implicit, but maybe it's not so. Uh, you know, we make Web3 not welcoming for a lot of people because we put the burden of communicating in English on them. That is freaking difficult uh, if it's not your first language. And there is absolutely no reason that this should be uh, the space should be only to those privileged enough to wish. So we will, uh, through Nifty Dreams, create lo localization. So we, we will have multilingual um, uh, capabilities in order to onboard people, educate people, uh, all of those kind of things. We want to make sure that there are spaces, there are those those camps I talked about to onboard artists, etc., done by native language speakers. So make it super simple to to onboard. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, that's an important thing. Uh, so with regard to, to curation, yeah, so we will have a curation guild, um, where we will have a representation. I'm thinking right now that it'll be a representation experts in the current community, uh, but, uh, also with experts from, uh, galleries and museums in, in real life, like top, you know, we, we need, oh, here, here's the thing. What, if we are successful, we can make it highly desirable for someone who is in a museum or a gallery or something in the real world uh, right now to be a part of this uh, DAO. We can make it where it's a badge of honor. They want to be on it. And if we do that, then the crossover starts happening and we can start unlocking larger audience. So in terms of curation, we want to have in the curation guild a professional curators uh, of, of art uh, who have already done this at scale, who organize, you know, all kinds of museum exhibits and, and things like that, who know how to evaluate art, how to organize it, how to, you know, uh, create, create exhibitions and things like that. I'm not sure if I answered your question uh, correctly, but thank you for reminding me to talk a little bit about 
the importance of culture and, and language and not all of it being westernized and and English uh, uh, centric. We wanted to be uh, totally totally open and uh, make sure that we we get artists from everywhere to feel really really welcome and to be able to be successful. They don't. English should not be a determining factor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you, Nick. Uh, just hold on to the hope. That is the most precious thing that we can have. This is for everybody. We are here. I am here. So let us, we are in this together. Uh, let's, let's keep it strong. Dr. Vimal, let us hear from you. Dr. Vimal has been an uh, active participant of this space. We are in the 15th week and he's been uh, participating in every week. Dr. Vimal, how are you doing and what would you like to share or ask? Hey, hi, Tanman. Hello, hello, Nick. Uh, uh, good morning. Good afternoon from India. Uh, I'm happy that you're back to your uh, place now. Um, uh, being a, a technologically challenged person like me, how can I uh, be of any to the community, or how do I participate in uh, in your endeavors? Uh, that's uh, one of my questions. Am I rugged? I think no. Nick got rugged. Can you see, guys? Can you oh. see Nick? No, no, no. I think he is rugged. Okay. Um, by the time he comes, Tanmay, uh, I might have to leave because uh, it's my surgery time. But okay. uh, I'd be happy if you uh, write the pointers and uh, put it on your blog. Uh, okay. I think I can see Nick here and the listeners now. One second. Oh, yes. He's back. Uh, Nick, did you hear the question or uh, maybe you can ask once again, Dr. Vimal? Yeah, yeah. let him I come on the speaker's panel and I'll, I'll ask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, uh, it was a simple question like a technologically challenged person like me. How can I help in uh, any of your endeavors and how can I be an active part of uh, uh, the, the process of uh, uh, everything you've described? Well, we're going to start off with the assumption that almost everyone who is going to be part of this DAO is going to be technologically challenged. We assume it's going to be mostly artists and people in the art community who are helping out. So you're going to find a lot of uh, fellow uh, fellow persons uh, on there. Uh, so yeah, uh, these guilds that we are creating uh, span all domains such as marketing, curation, event production, uh, strategy, uh, funding, etc. Et so I'm sure you'll be able to find a spot in a guild that uh, interests, in, interests you. And then in addition to the guilds, we will also have special projects. And for so every project, we will create teams. Um, and uh, for everyone who is interested in helping out, there's always going to be a place for you. We want, we want the community. Uh, th this is a community-led community, -led community uh, organization, you know. So absolutely, we'll find a place for you. So I'm going to um, continue working with the team and accelerate how quickly we get the guild stuff announced. Um, uh, I, I would imagine that it would happen by next week uh, so we can start getting people uh, signed up. Uh, one of the things that I'm very careful is, you know, I don't want to create a situation where 
like we announce all these guilds and people sign up and then what, right? So I want to make sure that there is actual action items in place and there is coordination in place so that once people join, um, there's actually stuff for them to do and there's structure to it. So I would much rather take a extra time and get that right than have people join and be totally disappointed. Like, hey, I joined this, but there's nothing going on. Uh, because th this requires careful planning, etc. It's a large-scale operation. It's not easy. If it was easy, people would have done it already. It's hard. And so uh, please be patient. Uh, team's working. Uh, we are trying to get everything in, in place. And it would be very easy to for us to just keep adding people, uh, you know, uh, right now, even in the planning stage. But then actually that will hold us back a little bit. Why? Because for every new person that joins, we first have to get them uh, to the same baseline knowledge of what we've been working on. So uh, just give us give us at, at most a couple of weeks and we will pull the trigger on this and kick ass. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nick. But uh, I just wanted to say, uh, please count me in uh, anywhere you, you feel I'm fitting. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Vimal. And I just want to highlight once again, I just love the fact uh, with he's coming, Nick is coming with so much wisdom. Uh, we see a lot of rug pull happen because of the inexperienced uh, startups, uh, inexperienced founders of those projects, just some teens uh, with no prior experience coming up and wanting, wanting to uh, make money out of the rising tides or so. But here we have Nick with five startup experiences, um, two, uh, as he said, uh, failed, and then two were successful uh, exits, and now in his fifth startup. Um, like, you you heard it for yourself and how detailed he has thought about all activities in this. I'm very bullish about this project and all the visions of the Nick. But I have a question. I you know people have been asking me questions, but I have a question for everybody. Uh, if I may. Uh, yeah, so, absolutely, Nick. Sure, Nick. So, so, so my question is, is actually very simple. Uh, I want every, every artist here to think about their dream and the largest possible manifestation of that dream and talk about it. Let's, let's get beyond all this, the, the details of workflows and processes and DAOs and tokens and all of that. And let's just step into this other world of dreams. Like, what is your greatest possible dream? How how do you, like how do you visualize yourself? You know, I would love to hear some people about that. Wow, a profound question, Sony Art. Let's hear it from you. Um, hi, everybody. Hi, Tammy, Lily, Scarlett, Nick. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, and hopefully so many of my friends asked my questions before and I was kind of wanted, to, I, I wanted to drop down because I had no questions. Everybody asked questions. Uh, but then I heard Nick ask the question, uh, uh, and I always think about my biggest dreams, uh, but the biggest one is um, is that I, I always want to change the world to a better place to live. Uh, and I know it's hard. It's, I know it's difficult, but it's definitely possible. 
And everybody says, oh, how are you going to do this? Uh, and I just answer that um, the, everybody has their own world. And if you try to change your world to a better place, then little by little, you're definitely changing the whole world to a better place. And especially we can uh, start it from kids and children um, because they are our future. And if you if we just give love to children, if we just provide the opportunity to for children to uh, live a better life, definitely there will be a better future, a better world. So that's why I always try to connect with my art, with kids and children. And I try to raise awareness about mental health and well-being, especially for kids. So um, the more kids are aware of their mental health and well-being, and um, the more they try to uh, maintain or keep their beautiful and pure soul, the better world we, we will have. And this is my biggest dream. After that, the other dream is to just build a shelter for animals and to help more animals to just have the opportunity to live a better life, uh, free from suffering. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess these two dreams will lead to a better uh, world for everyone, uh, in my opinion, kids and animals. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is it. Um, thank you for listening to me and thank you for this amazing, wonderful space. I was not uh, here at the beginning, so I'm going to definitely uh, listen to the recording. Um, and special thanks to Nick for all the information uh, you provided us today. Uh, and thanks for having me here again. Sonny, uh, you touched upon a point that we haven't talked about yet, and you know, like, uh, like I, I'm working on this DAO. Uh, you know, I've got. I, I'm fundamentally an entrepreneur. You know, and I, I want to innovate. And but this this thing, what we are doing here with Nifty Dreams, is kind of special. It's it it it's not why I do like some of the other things I do. This thing is very special because. I see Nifty Dreams as a as a vehicle to make a lot of people's dreams come true. Uh, that's a given. But I also have a dream, and I want Nifty Dreams DAO to make that dream come true. And it is a very pie in the sky like dream. Uh, but I want to make steps toward it. And my dream is this: we live in a world today where there is so much animosity, so much hatred so much mistrust among people social media has done that you know there's there's just so much spite etc and i want the same thing you kind of described i want a more gentle a more loving world uh where people are more helpful and loving to each other and i feel i very deeply with all my heart believe that art is the way to do that i feel it like if we can we can have a more egalitarian a world where art is no longer just the domain of the wealthy, because that is what it is today. Only wealthy people can own amazing art. But if we make it where anybody, no matter what their socioeconomic status, no, more the, no matter what their culture, education, etc., can own art and appreciate it 
and be able to access it, I believe we will be creating a gentler, more loving uh, society. And people can laugh at me if they think that's a pie in the sky thing. I don't care. I want to take a step towards doing that. And this whole thing, the why I'm pouring my heart and soul into Nifty Dreams is not to make money. It is to make a world that's kinder, kinder and gentler and more loving. Thank you, Nick. Yes, exactly. Art is the best way to do this. And um, I'm so glad and appreciate hearing this from you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Nick and Sonia. A more gentler, kind and loving world. And of course, the art, uh, art we create have, many arts have created revolution. They have influenced the culture. And I'm sure, Nick, this is not high up in the sky. We can totally uh, imagine this and are with you. And uh, go ahead, we are with you. That's what I would say. And about Sonia, she has rescued cats and she has cats in her uh, so kids and uh, animal shelter, that's another great dream. Uh, so thanks to both of you. Uh, let us hear from Lily, uh, then Poyo and Adi. Oh, thank you. Uh, I talk about my aims and my dreams. Uh, I don't want to uh, say details dreams, but I want to uh, say that to you completely. Uh, as the first, uh, when I knew uh, Google at the first time when I was teenage, uh, all of my dreams was that when I died and somebody searched my name in Google, somebody searched Leila Hazemi in Google, uh, Google doesn't show no result found. And I want to be, uh, be uh, important in my way. Uh, it doesn't matter what, uh, what, what way you choose. Uh, it, uh, it's matter to be a proud for your community, for your family, for your culture, country, or anything. I just want to aim to this uh, uh, goal to when I die, and never, uh, nobody forget uh, forget me. Nobody. Uh, I really afraid that when I uh, I die, uh, everybody forget me and uh, nobody uh, reminds me. I want to search my name, and Google uh, brings many results of my name. I want to uh, be useful. I just want this. And uh, as I'm an Iranian woman, and I born and grew up and live in Iran, uh, achieving too many dreams was very difficult for us every time. We are every day, every time, fighting with for our little goals, our little uh, dreams. And uh, most of us never give up. And I learned it. I, uh, failed many times, I broke many times, and I had many little uh, dreams. For example, uh, art. Art always was uh, a dream for me. You know why? Because in church, my family doesn't allow me to study in art. And I never give up. I
uh, try to do my best in my art to uh, for a day that I die and somebody search my name in Google and uh, Google <laughs> say my name as an artist. That's enough for me. That's so amazing, Lily. Like, I'm sorry to hop in, but, you know, I just wanted to share this. Like, when Sonia told and when Lily was talking about, I was thinking how much I could resonate with it. When I was sick, when I had cancer three years back, I had the same thing. You know, I was studying, okay? It was like I was peak. I was going to be a doctor. And in two months... I was told, like, I can't study, I can't do anything. And then I was like, what did I do so much for? Because I love drawing, you know. And in India, they don't respect art. You know, people go and see, just like Nick told, it's only for rich. Rich people enjoy it. I was told, if you need to have a reputable job and you need to be independent so i thought of the most respected thing just like how everyone sees either being a doctor engineer those kinds of things but at the same time you know my brain was stereotyped to like art not being that but when i was sick i started doodling that time i realized like i was happy and when i posted it in instagram i was so happy with the few likes i used to get I saw artists like Sonia is one of the people that I is from the start of my journey who I was admiring a lot. And you know, you are so brave being in Iran. You know how many differences people face. My parents, like except except my mom, no one knows I draw. Not my dad. My dad is literally against me, so I'm studying engineering. But I draw. You know, I create it. Because I want to be seen, my voice that is being heard here is so important. For me. And every day, even though I feel sick, I feel happy. Like, oh yeah, I'm creating. Yeah, hosting a space with Tanmay, even the first time I co-hosted it, I was crying after it ended because that was the first time. And today, there's so many people talking to Nick, talking to you, talking to Sonia. I couldn't imagine that I could talk to Sonia, hear her speak. This was all possible because of NFT and women getting opportunity. Because when I started to learn about crypto, I gave up in between because I couldn't understand. People were like the disc, the Telegram channels actually, which I joined to learn were all about like boys and guys being rude. It was scary. And in the workshop, when I saw women, like their eyes were sparkling. Tele art. You know, being affordable to everyone. Everyone is creative. It's just that they are used, so used to hearing the stereotypes that they don't know what's hidden in them. And this space is going to grow, you know, a lot with all everything that's happening now. It's going to be huge. And being the early startups, I feel so proud to say that I'm here. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Scarlett. Uh, we are all here with you. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I feel happy, you know, listening to you. I'm feeling happy that you are able to progress and uh, achieve all those things you did. Um, and best wishes to you. I'm sure you're going to do great. And we all are here with you. Uh, Lily wants uh, to her Google to show up her name 
<laughs> and this is another problem right being oblivious or uh, not uh, what are we doing or having a wikipedia page so i think uh, my perspective is the more we reach out the more hearts we touch the more smiles we can bring on a face that's how people would want to know more right more want to know more about you and that's how google would take interest so my dream is to bring smile on all people's faces i feel happy to see others happy i usually say bring a smile on your face as broad as broad as you can see on my pft so yeah feel in whatever ways i can uh, sharing value through knowledge or through direct help yesterday we had a salini a shalini art soul whose mother had passed away last week and we did a condolence space in the memory and lot of all so many of you in the space had showed up to the space uh, and it was amazing to have you all there that's the power of nfts and web3 bringing a tribe together on one common um, mission in different ways we are same tree flowering in different flowers flowering in different ways uh, having our own dreams Dr- now the only limit what we have on ourselves is how big we can dream so that is the only limit that we have don't let stop yourself from dreaming big uh, it's usually ourselves not the others who um, stop that so amazing question and amazing conversation go back think about it take a day or a whole week to think the biggest dream that you can have dream the biggest without any constraint just the imagination is the limit so that's uh, amazing question nick uh, thanks everyone for participating let us hear from dreams of poyo and orne and adi uh, poyo is another artist from iran poyo how are you today hey my friend hey friends how are how's everybody doing tanmay how are you doing today my friend very good and nick is in a <laughs> jet lag yes she yeah he is participating us that uh, very uh, we are very glad and fortunate to have that so for you what is your dream yes yes so i've been hearing i've been listening conversation for uh, some i think 2 hours now and uh, you guys have been holding great conversation thanks a lot nick for everything that you're doing i was following nifty dreams now and following you too so let's you know i really like that uh, sentiment of uh, bringing art to the masses and you know the the sentiment of education i think is very uh, honorable and is, is something that the world needs today you know we all need to be educated in the ways of art in the ways of love in the ways of kindness you know get all of that together so yeah thanks thanks a lot for being there and my dream you know um i uh, i dream of a i dream a lot usually i'm i'm a daydreamer so uh but uh, you know one of my biggest dreams is uh, to be able to you know grow to a where i can uh, be myself without any restrictions i wish to express myself i want to be able to speak language i want to be able to help my people i want to be able to do all the things that i want to do without being pushed into it you know there's there's a lot of time you know living in this country living in this day and age living in this you know situation where you are 
uh, forced into things. You know, my family, you know, forces me into a major. Somebody else forces me into a job. You know, did this idea of this person, the effect of post-colonialism, I don't know this, at this, everything, you know, starts to steer you in different directions. And what I want is to go back to my roots and help my people come back to their roots and you know, for us to be able to sit down, appreciate each other, see each other, you know, go, you know, go to each other's hearts, uh, have uh, heartfelt conversation, share love, and you know, just be honest and true in in the moment. You know, there's a lot of time that I feel preoccupied. There's a lot of time that. You know, uh, that, uh, for example, right now I'm going through a huge, huge challenge that um, is just towering against me. And uh, I have learned that just by being sincere and in the moment I can get through it with, you know, with uh, with just myself and the help of my friends. And um, that's how I want it to be for everybody else. I want everybody else to be able to go through their towering challenges with sincere honesty and the help of their friends. So, yeah. Yeah, my dream is to love and help, I guess. So. Thank you, Poyo. Yes, uh, we all have uh, faced similar struggles. And for people like you coming from Iran or people from Africa, they have to take more steps to even start at zero, like come to our zero level of starting with VPNs and in the political other sphere. And we all have personal issues, society telling us what is good, what is not good, as Scarlett was mentioning, what to do, what to not do. I have a question uh, from that for Nick. Uh, you have been such a successful in the startup space. Uh, you are from Mumbai. You have now in the Silicon uh, Valley. How did you dream when you were young and how did you deal with uh, the pressure of society or um, people not wanting to you to be what you want? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a deep question. Um, I... <clears throat> I always um, see when 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 I left uh, India when I left Bombay I was like just shy of eighteen and I came to the U.S. to study uh, computer science and uh, uh, at at that time it was really expensive and you know we were just your average middle class kind of family in in India and so my sister sort of uh, my elder sister uh, she she sponsored me I. She got the funds from, you know, however she could manage. And I remember at the airport, she told me two things. She made me promise that I would get my degree and I would be famous. And, uh, you know, I came here and then um, I, you know, was going on through my studies, etc. And then a year later, I came home one night from work and found my parents and my other sister sitting in my apartment. And I was like, whoa, what a nice surprise. But they had come to tell me that a month prior, my eldest sister had been killed in a car accident and that changed my life uh quite literally you know uh so uh, and they hadn't told me this earlier because they knew that i would leave and i had a single entry visa and if i left it would be impossible for me to come back 
it would be impossible for me to keep my promise. So they didn't tell me because there's nothing I could have done anyway. But uh, that, that 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 was very difficult uh, for me, you know, dealing with that trauma, uh, and also dealing with the fact that now, like, I literally had no financial support. My other sister and my family said they would try their best, but I was mostly on my own. So here I am, you know, just about nineteen, in, in, in all by myself, dealing with my siblings' death, and also having to figure out how I'm going to survive and keep my promise, you know? So uh, I petitioned the U.S. Immigration Department to allow me to work off campus because the on-campus jobs were terrible. They're like 2 or $3 an hour, but off campus you could make more. And they accepted my, my, my request. And I went and talked to all my professors and I basically told them that, hey, look, I'm just gonna show up for exams, you know? And I started working. I worked 80, 80, 90 hours a week. I did every possible kind of job you can imagine. I worked literally every kind. I, I, no job was too menial for me. I worked in retail. I worked in every at the night shift, baking bread. Uh, I, I did consulting. I did everything. And um, my grades were terrible because I was never able to get into class. But I took the exams. And it took me five years to get a four-year degree. But I got that damn degree. You know, it, and, uh, but... You know, I learned a lot more than most kids because I was much, I was learning about business. I was learning about all kinds of how to interact with people, social social skills, financial skills, all of that. And so, uh, yeah, so I I kept saying and and got that degree. And then then it was just this desire to, like, you know, I I don't think of being famous as being a celebrity or anything like that. It's more about being notable, doing something as, uh, you know, uh, 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 so I think it was Sonia was saying earlier, it's being remembered for having made a difference uh, in, in the world. And uh, I wanted to do that very, very desperately. And so I started, you know, working toward that. I worked in like a large uh, global sort of packaging company for, for uh, a little bit. Um, as a network administrator, I was bored. I, because I was bored, I wrote some software that saved them some five million bucks, and then they created a job for me at headquarters to do IT research and development. And they gave me—I was just a kid. They gave me this huge million dollar budget and a staff for like do whatever you want to. So I networked a whole bunch of plants around the world with uh, with email and all, internet and all that at that time. And uh, but I was not happy. I wanted to do my own thing because I wanted to. To keep my promise and so on day 365 i went and told my boss i'm done i'm never gonna work for anyone again and i quit and uh i i uh, started my own consulting company consulting in something i knew nothing about i just asked around what's the most consulting gig and people said well it was this technology called lotus notes i'm like okay i'm a lotus notes consultant and i went and pitched and i got toyota as a first customer grew that business sold it and on and on and so you know, I'm 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 working on that promise. Uh, I I I want to. Uh, it's not about fame for the sake of fame. I, I I want to have made a difference in the world and be remembered for that. So that's kind of what drives me. Um, you know, and and more recently, you know, uh, I spent the better part of 2017 uh, in the span of I made 11 trips to India to take care of my mom because she was battling cancer and she passed away in 
And one of the things she and I, in her last sort of conversations, you know, um, she told me that to always help others and to make the world better. And so now I have two women, two strong women in my life who, who drove me to do that. And so that's kind of what drives me. Beautiful. Uh, a person who has supported you, uh, made you a dream uh, and the trauma of them uh, not being there and that motivating you to go ahead and achieve further. And then again, your mom and uh, taking on this writing code, um, then <laughs> it was an amazing journey. I mean, it was inspiring to listen to what uh, you shared, trying out board and trying out a script and then becoming, uh, getting a million dollar offer and job and our team to work for, then quitting all that to start your own consultancy and uh, becoming a Lotus Notes consultant. So Nick, what um, can you take us more ahead with those two startups that you always say that failed miserably and then the next two that you had a successful um, uh, exit in? I think Nick got right on this. Uh, Nick, uh, did you hear me earlier? Uh, should I repeat? Hello? Hey, Hello. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I got uh, rugged there for a bit, so I switched to listening. Um, so your, your question yes. was to talk about my startups? Yes, um, your two startups that you mentioned that struggle uh, that failed miserably, and then the next two that you had a successful uh, audible uh, exit. Yeah. Yes, so, yes, yes. Okay, so your last question was about my my failed startups. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so my consulting company that I started, you know, that grew pretty rapidly, and in four years, I I sold it because uh, I got bored. I get bored very easily, uh, uh, and uh, actually, I was more interested in the dot-com boom that was happening at the time. So I had this idea of uh, something called widgets. They're commonplace now, but at that time, no one had heard of them. And so I created a company called iWidgets, which created essentially pro programmable units of application code that could be embedded into any website and manifested themselves with the UI. Um, I raised uh, $7 million from Draper Fisher and a few others. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio at the time. And I was young and foolish, and I also put all my own money that I had made from my startup uh, into it. So uh, grew the business. It was doing well. It had 60 employees, had customers, etc. And then there was the dot-com crash, and there was no Series B funding available. And so I lost everything. Uh, I like, was down to like a couple hundred bucks, uh, you know, and nothing. <laughs> like everything was gone. And uh, But I learned so much. You know, you learn so much from running a startup. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you only fail if you stop trying, right? As long as you're moving forward, uh, you, success is inevitable. So if you stop, then you fail. If you keep going, uh, inevitably, you will succeed. Uh, 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 so, yeah, so that was my first, if you will, failed uh, startup. And then uh, uh, that, uh, uh, from there, I, I got involved with a couple, a uh, few others and, we created uh, uh, an open source project called .NET Nuke, called DNN now. Uh, it was an open source CMS in the Microsoft ecosystem. It ended up becoming the largest open source uh, project in the Microsoft ecosystem at one point. 
very large worldwide community of developers, lots of websites built on it and ecosystem created on it. And myself and my three co-founders and a very uh, active group of volunteers, we took it from inception to mul multiple rounds of funding uh, and eventual exit in 2017. So that was good. And uh, then I was bored and I got connected via a blog post by a Microsoft evangelist with uh, uh, Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, uh, the comic strip, which some of you may or may not know. He's also a, a New York Times award-winning um, author. Um, and uh, we built, we built uh, a blockchain-based smart contract uh, platform to where you could video chat with anybody in an app called Interface to find an expert on any topic. So, for example, you're painting your home and you're like, hmm, I wonder what I should paint. Maybe an interior decorator can give me advice. So you could get on the interface and find an interior decorator them in live video without having exchanged any numbers or anything like that, uh, you know, for the opinion. And the whole thing was be, would be built per, sec, per second on a smart contract. But it was very early in crypto, and uh, we only got to like 80,000 users, and we weren't able to scale much after that. So we kind of um, shut it down. Uh, so that was my, my second failure. If, if you will. Uh, yeah. So my consulting company and DNN were my two exits and uh, iWidgets and uh, WebHub Interface were uh, my two failed startups. Thank you so much. I'm sure uh, your elder sister and your mom are proud of you. And uh, with NFTs and the, all the three NFT DAO, try, NFT DAO, try crypto and decentology, and so many hearts you are touching with space, and so many more to come. You are really making a difference. And what I learn personally from this is keep moving forward. There is a lot to learn in keeping on trying and keeping on moving ahead. So yes, thank you, Nick, for that. Uh, yeah, just I, one question, then. Sorry. I, I, actually, if I may just expand on that. You know, so so I said Scott is a is a is a is a, is an as a great author. You know, he wrote a book, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big, and it's a very popular uh, book. And one of the things he talks about in there that I think is important for people to know, especially people who are young and just starting out in the space, is to understand that um, you cannot be successful if you haven't failed. If you just get success early on. Uh, it's not going to be sustainable. You will; it will result in failure. It is much better to go through the journey of failures and then succeed. Uh, in the book, he specifically talks about the fact that every time you fail, you've learned something new, and so you have made yourself incrementally slightly better. Now, if you think incrementally improving your time, what happens in aggregate is that each time you fail you made yourself a lot better. So you know what that means? It means that success is guaranteed. It is impossible for you to fail if in aggregate you are much, much better than where you were before. So don't stop trying. Just keep on going. Don't look at failure as sort of anything more than a, a milestone, a, a, a point where you change what you're, you're doing. Uh, take the lessons you've learned and just use them uh, the next thing. I advise I advise a lot of startups, and when they you know say, "Oh, you're an expert," I'm like, "I am no expert. Literally nothing. I'm like, what what I can do is I can help you make new mistakes. That is the only promise I give them. I'm like, I'll 
tell you about what I've learned from my mistakes. You should not repeat them. Let's make new mistakes um, together, you know? So. Let's go, uh, LFG. Uh, let's make new mistakes together. Uh, I'll repeat the name of the book, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win. And um, uh, rephrasing what Nick said, every failure sees the has seeds to your next success. Keep failing. Keep uh, fail early, fail fast. Uh, Nick, uh, so two things that we are getting from this, dream big, don't limit yourself and keep moving forward. Keep failing fast. Uh, you will have compounding returns and aggregate returns of all the learnings you get from that. Nick, uh, my question is about dreaming. Um, we, how does one dream about the next uh, big thing or how does one uh, become or live to their maximum potential. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a very good question. I did a talk in Stanford uh, some years ago on innovation. And, um, you know, uh, all of us want to innovate and do some life, you know, amazing world-changing thing, etc. And we try and think in more complicated terms, right? Uh, give you two simple pieces of advice uh, if 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 I can. I don't feel qualified to give any advice, you know, but if you can characterize this as, a, as a, a, like maybe lessons, you know. First thing, most innovations, you look around the world, most innovations, slow them down, are merely existing ideas combined in a novel way. That's it. Almost every innovation that you see is exactly like that. You can break it down and you will find that's the case. So that's one thing. Two is if you're going to work on something, work on a painkiller, not a vitamin. A lot of people get seduced into working on vitamins. Vitamins are optional. We take them, we don't take them, we will be fine. But painkillers, if you don't take them, you're hurt, right? You need them, absolutely. So whatever idea or whatever you're working on, make sure it's a painkiller. What that translates to, is that it has to be solving a real problem that exists. If if it is not, then you, your chances of success are going to be very slim. Uh, the best problems to work on are ones you... Uh, most successful founders are ones that scratch their own itch. They have a problem. The world has not given them a good solution. And so they work on a solution for that. And this this is basically... Uh, how how innovation happens, how great companies are built, how great startups are built. Is is a founder who's like, ah, this is not working for me, and they build something. Wow! Wow! You just gave me a clue, massive clue, to the problems which I was having in my mind. Uh, scratch your own itch. Find start best problems are that which the world is not giving you a good solution for. Um, Make a painkiller, not a vitamin, and <laughs> keep moving forward. Nick, I just have a small request. We have got wonderful pearls of wisdom through this conversation. Do you mind if I publish this as a podcast episode? Not at all. Feel free. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know that I said anything insightful or whatever, but please do. So I really appreciate all the love, all the all the insightful questions and comments here. And I hope you guys will keep talking about your dreams uh, and, uh, you know, just dream, dream big, dream big. Like there's nothing to stop you. 
and then we can work together to make those dreams come true so i love you all thank you so do follow NF, uh, nifty dreams try crypto decentology for the hyperverse nick love you lots of love for you from around the world uh, more power to you keep strong stay strong keep smiling uh, keep dancing with us <laughs> best wishes to you thank you once again thank you so much bye bye thanks for tuning in connect with me on twitter and instagram to get updates on the new shows and to participate on live recordings all links are mentioned in the show notes we will be back next week with another fantastic episode